Hallelujah. Lift your voice. Lift your hands all over this place. Lift your hands all over this place and let's begin to thank the Lord together for His goodness. Hallelujah. When the praises go up, the blessings come down. Hallelujah. Lord, we bless you tonight. We thank you for your power. We thank you for your presence. We thank you what you've done so far. These two days we've had together coming into this third day. We thank you, Lord, that tonight, hallelujah, for the demonstration of the power of the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness towards your people. Thank you for the light of your word. Let tonight be a night of breakthrough and turnaround for your people. Lord, let tonight be a night of answered prayer for your people. Let tonight be a night of joy for your people. Let your people leave out of here touched and changed by the power of the Holy Ghost. Lord, that people would look back on these meetings. As we've said from the beginning, they'd say that, 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 that was when everything changed. That was when the hand of God, that's when I saw the hand of God move in my life and everything changed in that moment. Lord, we're careful to give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. And we thank you for your goodness towards us in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, why don't you turn and greet somebody? Tell them that you love them. Jesus loves them. And then you can be seated. Welcome back to these revival meetings here in North Dakota, Dickinson, here at the River Church, Dickinson. Great to have you. Anybody here, first-time visitor, first-time at River Church Dickinson, welcome to have you there in the back. Um, Great to have you. If you haven't filled out a first-time visitor card, our helpers will get one to you, and uh, if you could fill that out for us, but great to have you. I'd like to take a couple testimonies. I know we're missing a few from last night, but man, what a powerful night last night. I was saying to uh, Pastor Will and LaShawn, you know, we we have the privilege of doing the healing school in Tampa, and we've been doing that for three years, so that's a two-week school that we do five hours a day. Right now we're doing afternoons, but 1 to 6 p.m., and we teach on healing and divine health, and, and, and then we take people through, and it's five days a week, so it's 10 days total, and then we do an anointing service on the second to last day, and everything kind of leads up to that, and uh, man, the anointing service, it, it's powerful, and the anointing comes strong, I mean, it's an anointing service, if you have an anointing service and no anointing, it, it, it was false advertising, amen, <laughs> we're going to have a healing service, did anyone get healed, no, all right, stop lying to the people, <laughs> Uh, but last night was powerful, and I was saying afterwards that the, the, the presence of God last night, you know, we've been doing that for three years, and it's every month. So I would say in three years, maybe there's been one or two months we didn't do it. But on the better side of 34 of these healing school sessions, most likely, that, that my wife and I have done. And the presence of God and the anointing that I felt in here last night was as strong as any healing school anointing service that I felt, if not stronger. So I'm thankful to God. Can we lift our hands one more time and thank God for his goodness, for his love for these people. Thank Jesus for how good he is to us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, you're so good. We thank you so much. So I want to take a couple of testimonies. You know, uh, we were thinking about this today. Uh, religion really confuses things, but Jesus makes things simple. And I want to tell you that Jesus wants you healed. Jesus wants you happy. Jesus wants you full of joy. Jesus wants you blessed. Uh, I dare even say Jesus wants you rich. Jesus wants you out of debt. Jesus wants you in a nice house. Jesus wants you winning souls. Jesus wants you on fire. Jesus wants you eventually, not today, in heaven, eventually in heaven. Jesus wants you healthy. 
He wants you happy. He wants you full of joy. And when you, or your heart comes alive to that, and then it's not a weird religious thing. Well, you know, when it comes to happiness. No, no. Are people happy in heaven? Wh- whose planet is that? All right, that's God's. He sets up the rules there. Was, was Adam happy before he sinned? Yes. All right. Pretty easy to see. So let's take a couple of testimonies of people who, maybe even if you testified last night, but people who, that we can return and give God credit for what he did, that were touched last night and experienced a change in your body. There was something significant that happened in the anointing service last night. So who, who, who wants to volunteer first? We'll take a couple. The Lord touched you. I'll just start picking people, but <laughs> I'll start. Okay. Yeah, we'll come over here. Theron. So tell us what the Lord did for you last night. I, um, I had a lot of um, pain in my right leg um, from previous injury that I had when I was 15. Um, I have neurology, uh, neurology damage down there. Um, and since then, since then, I haven't had any issues with pain so far. How long? No, no, not so far. <laughs> Forever. Forever. <laughs> How long have you had the pain for? Uh, since I was 15. Twenty-five, I think. Yeah, ten years. Ten years. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Let's let's thank the Lord together. <laughs> Amen. One of the one of the ways you keep your healing is by uh, speaking and giving God thanks and making sure you don't open your mouth to say, uh, "Let's hope it doesn't come back." Or something along those lines. So just a heads up for you. Your mouth, death and life are in the power of the tongue. So if you'll say, thank you, Lord, I'm healed and I'll forever be healed and the devil's a loser. And you'll say that. That's how you keep your territory. Amen. Amen. And then I know the Lord touched you last night. So tell us what the Lord did. Um, My stomach was really hurting before coming in here. You know where it was from? Just like, uh, just wasn't feeling good, like nauseous and stuff. And... um, and I was trying my best throughout the day not to speak like I'm sick or anything. So then when I came here and after Pastor Ryan started preaching, that's when it slowly started like not hurting and it was not like cramping. So then by the end of service, when I got prayed for, it was gone, completely gone. And then another testimony was like, well, one of the boys had like, like really redness in his eyes. And we, we were thinking like, oh, that's probably like pink eye, but we didn't want to like say anything but as pastor ryan was preaching like his face or his eyes started getting like more clear and clear and then by the end of service his eyes were like white so it was pretty good Praise the Lord. hallelujah i i know you guys you guys have come down to healing school i just recognize you. i'm like i knew i knew there was something are you aren't you from i thought so i thought it was virginia how how long is your drive oh boy yeah, well, thanks for stopping. Welcome. Okay. Facebook actually did something good for somebody. That's powerful. <laughs> Welcome. That's awesome. The whole family's come through, if I remember correctly. Mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. That's awesome. Welcome. Great to have you. Thanks for stopping. Headed to Montana. I heard there's a, there's a good burger place. Is that where you were going? To Montana? Rock Springs, uh, no, that's Wyoming. Never mind. I don't know if there's anything good to eat in Montana. Thanks for stopping in. I thought it was Virginia. I thought, I thought so. That's awesome. Anybody else want to testify? Yes, ma'am. Tell us what the Lord did for you. 
also I have childhood trauma and last night a huge Hallelujah. Let's thank the Lord together for that. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know why I love testimonies? Because testimonies uh, give glory to God, right? You give credit. Lord, you did this. You did what no one else can do. Dr. Phil couldn't do this in six years of work. Jesus did it in a night, right? So number one, but it also embarrasses the devil, you know, because the devil tries his best. And he gives it his best shot. And a testimony is to say, you gave it your best. I don't know if anyone saw that movie, The Greatest Showman. And it'll never be enough. Never be. He's singing with me. He saw it. Never be enough. Your pow- your power, his power is not enough. You gave it your best shot. It's like, imagine going in for like a job interview. This is a terrible thing to imagine. But imagine going in for a job interview and there's a room full of people. And then everyone has their interview. And then the person gets up and says, is John Smith here? Hey, John. Um, we want to tell you, thank you for coming out. We know you gave it your best, but we just want to tell you that your best will never be enough. Man, how embarrassing would that be for John, like in the room of everybody? And that's what a testimony does. It basically says, devil, you tried your best. You tried to keep me depressed. You tried to keep me bound. You tried to keep me in pain. But in one moment in the presence of God, you gave it your best shot, devil, but your best shot will never be enough. You're a loser and you'll always be a loser in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's thank the Lord one more time for his goodness. Hallelujah. And I know we're going to hear back. There's some things that I know took place last night laying hands on people that I know we'll hear back in the weeks to come. So please, when, when you get your testimony, it's, it's important that you share it, that you actually come back. Because it's two things. It's you, it's you claiming it. This is mine. And it's also giving God credit for where credit is due. And if you'll return, it's returning honor back to God. And so even if it means that you come back and you just say, hey, we want to testify. And it's important that you actually get up and tell people, this is what God did for me in front of people. That you get up and tell people, this is what God did. This is what it was like before. This is what it's like now. Only God can do this. It gives God credit. And it's, it's important that it's an honor to God that God did that. Amen. Amen. All right. Anybody else before we get into the word here tonight? Did someone else want to have a testimony? Yes, ma'am. I thought so. I'll come this way so I don't set up, uh, upset that speaker. Yeah, it looks like it. Tell us what the Lord did. No, Lord, uh, he did. He just took uh, 48 years of this. The big, it just, it lifted. I felt it. I mean, I, I come and I, I tend to hold on to things and more things than I should and ask me for help. But God's always been the only one there for me. So whenever I come, I'm always coming to receive and coming, you know, and I always, you know, and I feel uh, embarrassed. I feel like I'm on the center of some of that. It, I, I'm not, I'm, it's just, I don't, I don't feel that right to be, but at the same time, he just lets me in and just, and last night just something, and I just felt it just something lifted, you know, that I, you know, all these years and things that I've been battling with myself with drugs and alcohol and you know and it just that just took everything from me and I was just trying to having got such a hard time dealing with everything and chaos and just you know and it just 
and I'm just like, oh, what am I going to Lord help me? You know, I just, what is going on with me? I'm going crazy. It's like, I'm just, you know, so much. And, and just, I let into something. Is, and I never laughed so hard in my life. And I was just like, I couldn't even forgo. I felt like when I tried to cover my mouth, it just echoed. So I just, you know, it's like, don't cover, don't hide yours. You know, let, you know what I mean? I was just like, it was, you know, it was, yeah, I still feel just, oh. <laughs> it's just, yeah. Hallelujah. Let's thank the Lord together. Hallelujah. That's awesome. <laughs> you know, that's why when you, when you take time to get in the anointing in a week like this, where you, you take the time out and you could be doing other things, but you show the Lord, Lord, I'm, I'm interested in your kingdom. I want you to do something in my life. But you know, there's things that only the power of God can do because there's things that, that aren't, you know, especially if you've come from a, a background where family runs to the doctor or maybe a family where there's somebody in in who's a nurse or whatever doctor or whatever people think that way and they think medically but but life is not medical life is spiritual and so there are problems that cannot be dealt with medically you know when you have family families that the 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 dads abuse their children abuse their wives the government will like pour money into billboards into things you know, put up a sign on, on the billboard, you shouldn't beat your child. You know, who's ri- driving, driving down the street, sees that billboard and is like, oh, I never thought of that. You're probably right. Like there's, they'll pour money into things where it, it's demonic. And so there's things that, that medicine can't fix. And then you come into the presence of God and, and, God, and there's a scripture that says he gives you beauty for ashes and the oil of joy for mourning, and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Where God, in one moment, it doesn't take him six years of try to do better at this, and you can slowly, that in one moment, God will come and just chase away that heaviness spirit, chase away that break addiction, do whatever, where in one moment in the presence of God, he'll do more than a seven-step program over the course of 11 years will do for you. And that's why you come and you get under the anointing. Because people come and they don't, don't realize, I'm dealing with something that's spiritual, and I just thought it was my personality. So, uh, depression or heaviness or I'm a more of a melancholic person. That's not a personality type. That's a spirit. There's a thing called a spirit of heaviness. And it comes to oppress God's people and, and steal your joy. It, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So if it's coming to steal your joy, it's from the devil. And it's a spirit of heaviness. And the Lord will, I dealt with that as a teenager. And the Lord broke it off my life. And so there's things that only the anointing can do. And that's why, whether, even if you say, hey, I'm not bound by anything, what happens is when you come sit under the anointing, something gets on the inside of you so you can carry that to other people. Because who, who, who of you would say you enjoy giving gifts? There's, there's an, there's, the, Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. But who's experienced that? Where you do something nice for somebody, you take out, you, you, you pay, you buy your parents something, you, and you want to give to the gospel. There's like something on the inside that you just love to give. It's like you see those videos if you watch YouTube or Instagram and those videos where people go up and they find a homeless person. They're like, here, we want to take you, get a haircut, buy you an outfit, take you out to eat to a nice restaurant and whatever, right? Or you watch Oprah Winfrey and uh, she's like, everyone gets a car. And you're like, that'd be cool. I'd like to be able to just walk out and like give people stuff, right? Because there's something that God builds on the inside of us that's that loves to give. And, and so God built that, but where, 
where the New Testament church comes in and what God ultimately wants for every, please hear me, for every believer, not just fivefold ministers, for every believer, is that you would be set free from any bondage of Satan, but then also you would carry the anointing to break the yoke off other people. And I want to tell you when, you, when you say, Lord, I'm available, use me for that, it's like you'll enter into a time of your life that you've never known. And God's just looking for people that will make yourself available. It isn't a certain thing, this person qualifies, this person. It's will you avail yourself to the Lord? The Lord, you know, I'm the foolish things of the world. The Bible says he uses the foolish things of the world. Homeschooled, single parent home, you know, uh, homeschooled, went to Bible college. I, you know, I, I'm not, I didn't come from ministry. Dad killed himself when I was three. I'm not like, hey, this is the, this is the guy that's going to go out and shake the nations. But the Lord will just... Hey, people will humble themselves and say, Lord, I'd, I'd like you to use me. Lord, I'm, you called me into the ministry. Or even if he didn't, Lord, will you use me? So when the Lord does something like that for you, ultimately what God wants to do is then use you to help other people. Because I'm sure you know people who were just like you that felt that. People who are addicted, people who have strongholds. And then, and then trauma, and then you can go, and then you can say, hey, I have an answer for you, and it's called the anointing. Here, let me pray for you. Such as I have, give I thee, right? Freely you have received, freely give. So if you'll open your heart this week and say, Lord, time is short. I know you're coming back soon. Would you give me the pleasure of carrying your power to a, to a lost and dying world? Would you give me the pleasure of being a, a, of being a resource, a, a, an instrument in your hand that you can use in these end times? How many would say, I, I'm willing to let God use me? Amen. Well, then we're in the right place. Amen. Turn with me, if you would, to Joshua chapter 1. We're going to hop into the Word today. Joshua 1. We've been talking this week about victory, and we're going to carry along the same lines, dominion. Joshua 1. Verse 1. Now, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you. As I said unto Moses, verse 5, There shall not any man be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. I will not fail you nor forsake you. As a believer, one of the things that you have to do is protect your spirit from the wrong doctrine. And that's why you can't just listen to any preacher. Because there's certain things that in, in every generation, things that we'll deal with where there'll be ministers and there'll be churches and then there'll be, and there'll be popular voices that'll be saying something, but it's not in line with the Word of God. So you have kind of two sides to Christianity. You have people who, my wife and I were talking about it on the way here. Uh, people who are just kind of like the, there's no responsibility. Hey, Jesus is just going to love you no matter what you'll do. Hey, it doesn't matter how bad you've messed up. And, and, you know, Jesus is merciful. And no matter how bad you've messed up, he will forgive you. But it does matter what you do from here on out. Because you can't continue in sin and expect God to bless sin. He doesn't do that. So it isn't just like, oh, the grace of God, you know, it covers everything. There's no responsibility. Just enjoy the love of God. You don't have to do anything. That's not biblical. The Bible does say that it's not by works, it's by faith. 
But what the, the Bible does say then that faith without works is dead. So once you get born again by the grace of God, we're not saved. We're not saved by works. We're saved by grace through faith. It's not of ourselves. It's the gift of God. But once you get saved, there's proofs that you're saved. And so there's a responsibility. Everyone say responsibility. There's a responsibility on every believer to step up and say, I'm a believer now, and I have to show forth proof that I'm a believer. Because there's going to actually be, people will be surprised. People are like, oh, you know, I'm just enjoying the mercy of God, which is another way of saying, I'm sinning a lot and asking God to forgive me a lot. You know, willful sin is the most harmful thing for the believer's life. And so people then have to rise up and say, I'm not, I'm not living that way. I'm not living a sloppy Christianity. I'm going to live a holy life. And rather than using my, uh, my spiritual effort to, to press in so I'm not in condemnation because I keep on sinning, I'm going to use my spiritual effort to press in and, and be a light in dark places. And rather than how close can I get to the edge and still be a Christian? Lord, I don't want to be close to the edge between Christianity and sin. I want to be as living a holy life as I can so I can carry the power of the Holy Ghost to a lost world. Amen. And so you have to learn to protect your spirit from the wrong doctrine. So he says here, he says, no one will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. And that's one of the things that, you, that the Lord wants this week to get, and I know you hear it from your pastors, but once to get it bur burnt into your spirit, embedded into your spirit, that you weren't created, you weren't born again to stay small. Say it with me. I wasn't born again to stay small. You know, God is looking to promote you. God is looking to bless you. God is looking to bring you into victory. The life of the believer is not, I got saved and now I'm just a Christian and other people are out there having fun and I've just got to try to do it, you know, try to live a holy life and just wait because Jesus is coming back soon. It's a life of taking territory for the kingdom of God. It's a life of taking territory for God. It's a life of of moving forward in the things of God and understanding that God created you for victory, that Jesus is your victory. I'm going to give you a couple of scriptures here to go along with this. So Joshua 1.5, there shall not any man be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. I'll not fail you nor forsake you. Verse 6, be strong and of a good courage, for unto this people shall you divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. You know that's actually what I'm doing for you right now, and that's what your pastors do for you. They divide to your, your inheritance. You come on a Sunday, you come on a Wednesday night, and they say, hey, do you know what your inheritance is? Your inheritance is health. Your inheritance is peace of mind. Your inheritance is a good night's sleep. Your inheritance is blessing. Your inheritance is joy. Your inheritance is a healthy family. Your inheritance is as many kids as you want. Your inheritance is clear skin. Your inheritance is being free from addiction. This is your inheritance. When Jesus died, there was actually an inheritance that he gave us. He said a good man leads an inheritance to his children and his children's children. So Jesus didn't leave us alone. He didn't just say, I'm dead now, I'm, I'm, I'm raised again, and I'll come back soon. There's actually an inheritance that comes with being a child of God. Amen. So I'm dividing to you tonight your inheritance. Who's here, who here is ready to receive your inheritance? Amen. You know, you got to see it that way. If you got a letter in the mail that said, that said hey, you, uh, this is so-and-so from this law firm, and you had a great uncle who was a... You know, like that movie, what was that movie where the, she finds out she's the queen of 
Gen- Gen- Princess of Genovia. I don't know, Princess Diana. I, you know, ever since I've been married, I've been watching movies that I would never, I'm like, I, let's watch Braveheart. And then, then 10 minutes later, we're watching Princess Diaries. Like, how did this happen to me? <laughs> let's watch Lord of the Rings. We're watching a Hallmark Christmas movie. They all have the exact same colors. <laughs> Things I didn't expect in marriage. Oh, boy. <laughs> but, but imagine if you got a letter saying you, you're related to this Lord of whatever and he died and you have an inheritance waiting for you. Come and meet at this place. Bring this letter. Meet at this place. Here's your inheritance. We're going to figure out what your inheritance is. How many would want to show up to that meeting? At least just to see. Hey, I, am I, my scam detector's on. If they're trying to scam me, sell me a timeshare, whatever, you know, get me into a Ponzi scheme. I'm going to pay real close attention. But if I'm really related to somebody, then I'm, I'm not missing that one. Amen. When you come around the word of God, that's the way you got to treat it. What does the Lord have for me? What am I taking out of his word? What has he freely bestowed on me? Just like when you heard the, the word of the truth of the gospel and the mercy of God came to you and the forgiveness of God came to you and the peace of God came to you and the life of God came to you. What's the next part of my inheritance? We're going to spend the rest of our life digging in the word, figuring out what our inheritance is. I want to tell you, uh, with all the years, with the years that we have, it's not enough time to figure out everything that's for us and tap into everything. There's always more. Amen. So here to divide for you an inheritance. Verse 7. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law you shall not, de- shall not depart out of your mouth but you shall meditate therein day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then you shall make you a prosperous and then you shall have good success. And then 1 Corinthians 15, 52. Give you a couple of scriptures here on victory. You know, if you listen to enough Christian radio, they'll have you talked into buying a cabin in the woods and just hang on. Life's terrible. You know, sometimes God does, sometimes he doesn't. It's not even right that you would ask him, who do you think you are for asking God to bless you? You know, everything in religion is just difficult and a struggle They'll always have you struggling. I'm here to tell you that life serving Jesus is not a struggle. Amen. I said life serving Jesus is not a struggle. Amen. I serve an, over, I serve an overcoming God. He overcame, and I'm born of him. That makes me an overcomer. Amen. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. But thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 2, verse 14. Now thanks be to God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ and makes manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. You listen to the Christian radio. Well, how many of you know? You win some and you lose some. And then you're at the mountaintop and then you're in the valley. And then, you know, you win a victory, but then you're going to go around the mountain for a while. Well, I don't read that in the Word, and this isn't a topography lesson. You go to the top of the mountain, then you come down into a valley. That's not, this isn't a topography lesson. The Bible says we go from glory to glory and strength to strength. You know, the Bible says in Proverbs 4, it says that the path of the just is as a shining light, and it'll shine more and more until that perfect day. There's, if you look at, every, at the weather forecast, there'll be a, a sunrise time, and a predicted sunset time, 
right? So let's just say 6.28 a.m. And if you live here in Dickinson, 2.14 p.m., the sun's going to set and you have to go to sleep right after that, right? Good Lord, this time, this time is crazy up here, 4.30 p.m., but whatever it is. But there's a peak time, the perfect time of day refers to, there's a time every day where the sun reaches its peak in the sky. So it's not the sunset time, but where the sun reaches its peak, and then from there it starts to come down. That's what it's referring to. The path of the just is as a shining light, and it shines more and more unto the perfect time of day. What's that saying? My life as a believer is not going to be one where things go well, and then I hit my 50s, my 60s, and things start to decline. The eyesight's the first thing to go. You know, the mental fog has come. My mind's not as sharp as it used to be. You know, my ministry's waning. I can't preach as long. I have to sit down. I can't book as many meetings. And then the last 10 years, I'm frail. I'm in bed, bedridden the last two years. That's not what it is. God intended that by the Word of God and the promises of God, that you go from glory to glory and strength to strength. That if the Lord tarries, that my final year on this earth, year number 100, I've released my faith for that, that if Jesus tarries, I think he's coming back sooner, but if he tarries, my 100 years old will be my strongest year in the ministry, the most impact that I make, my best year financially. I'll sow more into the gospel that year than any other year. Strong in body, clear in mind overcoming. That's the, the life that God has for us as believers. It's not a life of ups and downs. It's a life of ups and ups and ups until we go up to see him face to face. If you believe it, why don't you give the Lord a mighty amen tonight? That's victory. That's what victory is. And then Hebrews 2.14. I'm going to give you some more scriptures. Because for every person that told you, well, how many of you know you can't win them all? I'm here to tell you, you can win them all. When God said that to Joshua, he says, I'm going to be with you always. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. You know what happened is they went to Jericho. They walked, marched around the city. Seventh day, they blew the trumpets. They shouted. The walls came down. You know, Jericho, they said that the walls were so big, you could run three chariots side by side. Was it three or seven? I don't know, it was three or seven. I thought it was seven. It was seven. The, the walls were so wide, and, and the Lord would have had to actually swallow, the, open up the earth, and the walls disappear into the ground. And, and, and then they won that victory. And then they go up against another army, a small army called AI, and they lose and Joshua didn't say, well, you know, you win some and you lose some. God's doing this to teach us to be humble. And, you know, even though he can win us the big battles, we have to st stay on our faith. No, it was because sin was in the camp. He looked and said, how is this possible? Lord, what happened? I, I expected that because I'm hooked up with you, I would never lose. God has victory for his church. The, the church of Jesus Christ is a victorious church, not being pushed around by the devil, but walking over the devil every single day. Why don't you give the Lord another amen for that if you receive it tonight? Victory in Jesus. Hebrews 2.14. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also likewise took part of the same that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil. You know, the people, people give the devil too much credit. The devil was whipped 2,000 years ago. And that's one of the things that you have to know in your spirit. That doesn't matter if Lucifer himself showed up to your house. That it, he it wouldn't matter because he can't touch you. Because you're a child of God. You're covered in the blood of Jesus. You know, one of the passages that's very encouraging to me is in the book of Job. And that's one of the ones we cover in healing school because it's one of the main questions we get in the subject of healing is what about Job? 
And, uh, and Job is really, it's a story of fear. He said, that which I greatly feared has come upon me. The Lord said to, to Satan, behold, which means look. He said, all that he has is in your hand. I don't believe God turned Job over to Satan. I believe that Satan just didn't see it. Because this is what Job, this is what, this is what Job said. Excuse me. This is what Satan said to God in Job 1.9. If you want to go back and read it. This is what he said. In verse 8 and 9. He says, uh, he says to God, Does Job fear God for nothing? Does Job fear God for nothing? Is, is there not a purpose behind Job fearing you? And then, then he begins to tell him the benefit. This is from the mouth. I never thought the devil would encourage me. But this is from the mouth of the devil himself explaining the benefits of serving God. Job 1.9. Let's just turn there so you can see it in the Bible. You don't have to take my word for it. Job 1.9. This is the same devil that was whipped 2,000 years ago. And this is, this is what he admits is the benefit or some of the benefits of serving God. Job 1.9. Right before the book of Psalm. Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a hedge about him? I'm here to tell you tonight that because you're a believer and you love Jesus and you serve God with your whole heart, there's a hedge of protection around you. It doesn't matter if Lucifer and all his fallen angels showed up at your doorstep. It doesn't matter. You could stand and turn on some music and dance in front of them and say, you can't touch this. Nah, 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 nah. Can't touch this. Why? Because I'm, I'm covered in the blood of Jesus. This is Lucifer admitting, have you not put a hedge round about him? Have you not put a hedge round about him? Well, why was it? Why was it? I'll explain, I'll explain why, how the door was open for Job. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 10.8, he that digs a pit will fall into himself, and he that chops back a hedge will be bitten by a snake. So you can have a hedge of protection. But if you open the door, like Job did through fear, and he said, that which I greatly feared has come upon me. Job would, oh, I don't know, maybe my kids haven't, have cursed God. Let me go do this sacrifice. Let me go do this. That was an action of fear. That opened the door. But, but there's a hedge of protection for every believer. It should be a great comfort to you as it is to me, knowing that the devil can't touch me. Hallelujah, I'm untouchable. Hallelujah, I live a holy life and I make it that the devil can't do anything to me. Hallelujah, there's a hedge of protection around about me. Hallelujah, can we thank the Lord for 10 good seconds that there's a hedge of protection? Every time you get in that car, there's a hedge of protection. The devil may try to do what he can, but he can't touch you. You don't have to sit awake at night worried what the devil's gonna do, what may come your way. I'm here to tell you the same disease and infirmity that touched your family can't touch you. It doesn't matter what the doctor says. It doesn't matter if they said this runs in the family. The, this ran out of my family. This ran out of your family when you got born again. I'm born of God. I don't take the lineage from my father and my mother. I take the lineage from God, my father. Hey, if you want to ask me what runs in my family, you ready? Love runs in my family. Joy runs in my family. Peace runs in my family. Prosperity runs in my family. God himself is my father. I'm not attached to the Yusta name. I 
I'm attached to the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Uh, it doesn't matter what heart defect my family had. It's not coming to me. It doesn't matter what addictive personality my family have. It's not coming to me. It doesn't matter how it ended for my father. It ain't coming to me. That ends with me because I'm covered in the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. There's something about that blood that puts a hedge around about you. Where all the torment, all the forces of hell can't touch you. Oh, I'm thankful for the blood today. Hallelujah. He says, I put a, he says, Satan admits, you put a hedge of protection around him, around his house, and around all that he has on every side. I want to tell you, your investment properties are protected. We, we saw that in Florida when that Hurricane Ian came through. And there were families that are connected with the river. And everyone who is a homeowner the, the, in the Fort Myers area, Naples area, everyone who is a homeowner in the church, the, their houses were untouched. And then there were a few families that rented homes. And those were the homes where the, they were owned by people who weren't part of the church, weren't believers. And those were the homes in the city that were damaged because there's a hedge of protection. Even in Fort Myers, the, the River Fort Myers Church, building untouched, house untouched, devastation. And it's not just, I mean, the Lord didn't want that. That wasn't a work of God. I mean, I know, I know the insurance forms, they put act of God. It wasn't an act of, it was, at, it was the act of the God of this world, which is the devil. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. It's pretty, it's pretty easy to tell who does something by the repercussions of it. Steal, the, the, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I've come to give life and life more abundantly. That's the plan of God. But there's a hedge of protection. Where God protects, there's a hedge of protection around you, around all that you have on every side. I want to tell you, you don't have to lay, lay awake at night worrying, what's the devil doing to me? The devil got his butt kicked 2,000 years ago, and you can go ahead and celebrate it now. Hallelujah. The devil's under my feet. Hallelujah. You know, the Bible says, who's, that, who's heard that verse that says, we're seated together with Christ in heavenly places? And then what are the next two words? Far above. You know, the Holy Ghost is specific in the way he words things. It's not above. It's not slightly above. He wants us to know far above. You know, I, I guess I'd heard that so many times that you kind of grow dull of hearing towards things. But my wife was preaching the one day in healing school and uh, she said far above all. And it's like it hit me that that means that everything is way under my feet. If I'm far above, then everything's way under my feet. Cancer's way under my feet. Hallelujah. I've never had cancer and I've already overcome it. Hallelujah. It's under my feet. Hallelujah. I've never had diabetes and I've already overcome diabetes. It's under my feet. Hallelujah. And so have you. And I want you to know tonight that even if there's something that's persisting in your body, you've still overcome it because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. You got to stop looking at yourself like a body. You're not a body. You're a born again spirit that's joined to the Lord. If it can't get on Jesus, it can't get on you. And I'm here to tell you, even if it's in your body now, if it can't stay on Jesus, it can't stay on you. Cancer has no right to attach itself to you. You got a hedge of protection. You can wake up in the morning and say, cancer, who do you think you are? Get out of my house. Get out of my body. Arthritis, come out of my bones. Who do you think you are? I'm the head. I'm not the tail. I'm above only. I'm not beneath. I'm more than a conqueror. You can wake up and out of your spirit begin to speak the word. 
Because death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it will eat the fruit thereof. Well, I want to tell you this. When you get a victory from the Lord, you have to open your mouth and begin to boast and testify what God's done. The devil tries his best to keep people quiet and not saying anything. Well, you know, I know the pain's gone, but I don't want to say anything just in case it comes back. No, that's when you have to, when that thought comes, that's when you have to open your mouth and say, Lord, I just want to thank you and get radical. Hey, family, I just called to tell you Jesus healed me yesterday. Hallelujah. The pain's gone. I'm the healed of the Lord. Hallelujah. You open your mouth and you begin to boast because death and life, every time you speak, you sign a permission slip. Well, I don't know. This may not be the best. You know, I don't know. My company's laying people off. No, no, no. It doesn't matter. I'm the head and not the tail. If I get laid off, that means I'm going to get a better job somewhere else. Hallelujah. It may look like a downturn, but it's going to be an upturn because I'm, the, I'm an overcomer. Greater is he that's in me. I can't go anywhere but up. This can't be a down year. There's no such thing as a down year because the path of the just is as a shining light and it shines more and more into that perfect day. I'm not having another down year till Jesus comes back. I'm only having up years. Well, I'm retired. Good, even better. Then you got plenty of free time that you can put your hand to something and, and no pressure. You know, that's the, that's the best time. There's usually no pressure. You've got, you, you, if you'll prioritize things, you know, I've seen people who retire and they're busy, they make themselves busier, but most of it's just whatever. Sometimes you need to tell the kids, we're not watching the kids this week. All right, anyway. But the Lord will, the Lord will help you that you can be more successful because you're not attached to a paycheck, more successful in your retirement than you were before. That you can go into business, you could start a business, you could get more done in 10 years with the hand of God's blessing on your life and the inspiration of the Holy Ghost in retirement than you did in 40 years of the workforce. I'm telling you, if you'll make yourself available to the Lord, the Lord is, we're going to take a night and talk about this this week, but the Lord is looking for people to establish them financially and promote them financially. We, we, don't, we don't need someone to make hundreds of thousands. We, you know, we're in a time now where if, you're, if you make millions and you gave 50% of your income right to the gospel, it's still very small amounts. The Lord is looking to promote people to where he's able to, he's able to bring massive wealth into the hands. I'm telling you, the oil industry should be run by believers in the state of North Dakota. It shouldn't be run by the ungodly. All the major oil companies should be owned and run by godly people who love the gospel of Jesus Christ. And God will position people for that. God will position people for that in this last day and hour. Can I hear an amen? The devil says, have you not put a hedge of protection about him? For people who don't like prosperity, I don't know what to tell you. Even Satan admits to it. Have you not made a hedge about him and about his house and about all that he has on every side? You have, <laughs> you have blessed the work of his hands. Hallelujah. I mean, even the devil admits that there's a blessing. How many of you work? I know we have some retired people. How many of you work? Then because you this is what the Bible is saying. Because you are a Christian... There is a special blessing on your work that non-believers don't have. So you should expect that if anyone gets a promotion, it's you. Anyone gets a bonus, it's you. Anyone gets a raise, it's you. There is a actual physical material blessing on you for serving 
God. If anyone's going to the top, it's you. If anyone's getting part ownership, it's you. If anyone's getting a promotion, it's you. That there's a blessing on everything you do. Can I hear amen? amen. Hallelujah. I thought I'd hear. Amen means so be it. So that's the starting point. If, I can't, if you can't have a so be it come out of your mouth, then, then it'll be difficult for you to walk in that. You have to, you have to agree. You have to agree. If I came to you and said, these are the terms, do you agree? If you didn't say anything, it doesn't work. You guys got engaged. You had to at some point say, will you marry me? If she didn't say anything, if she didn't say anything, there'd be a problem, right? Will you marry me? <laughs> You'd be like, what happened? I need this. I need something. So, so amen is you saying, I'll take that. Amen. You have blessed the work of his hands and his substance is increased in the land. Well, it's not about what you have. That's not what God says. I, I know our life doesn't consist, and I, I'm not going to spend all my time here tonight, but I, I know our life doesn't consist in the amount of things that we have, and things can't have us, but God wants to bless you. You know it's biblical for you to own land? You know that it's a blessing that every covenant that God made Actually, there was land that transferred hands to, to the person that God made a covenant with. That it's unbiblical. And I'm only planning, I'm planting this seed so you can have something to attach your faith to. That it's, read Psalm 37. I think it mentions land in there seven times. That you will inherit the land. You will dwell in the land. It, there's, a, there's a transference of land. As a child of God, I want to tell you this. As a child of God, God has a piece of land for you. I don't know where it is, but it's somewhere because land doesn't just keep making itself. So there's a piece of land on planet Earth that God wants to get in your hands if you're a Christian. I don't know. You may know where it is. You may have your eyes set on a piece of land. But there is an actual piece of land with your name on it. That's biblical. That's in the Bible. Hallelujah. 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 Who receives that? Who would, who would be okay with God giving them land? Okay. Hallelujah. That's biblical. Land transference. You've blessed the work of his hands and his substance is increased in the land. There is a tangible, physical, material, financial blessing for serving God. For serving God. If you will obey the terms, you'll serve him wholeheartedly. You'll serve him with your whole heart. You won't have one foot in the world, one foot out of the world. You'll serve him with your whole heart. There's a tangible, and many of you could testify to that, of coming into the kingdom of God and God blessing you and things increasing. You know, for me, this has been my whole life. It's all I've known. I grew up in a house, a single mom, and uh, broke, single mom. We were broke, two boys. And, uh, you know, you look back in South Africa, you, uh, the, the, the apartment that we lived in was like in this industrial area down at the edge of this, in a shady area of town, down at the edge of the street, and there was a industrial building, and there were like three apartments on top of it. Very shady. Now looking back, as a kid, you don't know any better. But now that I look back and I can picture it in my mind, it was crazy. There, there was a, one of the industrial units below uh, got abandoned, and my brother and I one day were just like, you know, boys being boys, we went out there and we were like, let's go. And one of the doors was open, and there was like a rifle sitting there behind the door. And we like picked up this rifle, and we're like, maybe we shouldn't play with this. We're like five and seven years old. And, and who, know, who knows who could have walked in at any moment and seen these two boys? Like looking back, the Lord spared us. But, the, you know, we, we lived there, bars on all the windows. 
Bar, bars on all the windows. We had those casement windows, bars on all the windows, except there was this little area that walked out like a little balcony area with no stairs up to it, no way to get up, and it had two windows. And um, those were the only two windows that didn't have bars. And somebody somehow, while we were at school, mom was at work, got up there, somehow got up there and broke into those windows. And because we had one of those front doors where you have the, like, the bar door, you know, the security door and then the door and uh, broke into the house. So when we got home from school, we come home, my mom, my brother and I, and we unlock the door, the, the security door, unlock the regular door and come in and we had been broken into. And they took our computer and then they took a chicken out of the freezer. You know, it's like, you know, you kind of can't feel too bad. This is Africa. You kind of can't feel too bad because you're like, well, they probably needed it more than we do. Like, we'll sell the computer tomorrow, but my family needs to eat tonight, so we're getting the chicken out of the freezer. That's what they took. So, and that's, that's the area we lived in. And then the Lord brought us to the U.S. by a miracle and uh, came to the U.S., and then we were illegal for a number of years. And um, my brother almost got deported. He was actually in Texas with a friend who was ministering, and then he got on a Greyhound bus to come from, go from Harlingen, Texas, back to Tampa, and with a busload full of people from, from Mexico. And he was probably the only white person on the, the bus. And then they, they stopped the bus. They stopped to check. And the people come on to check people's, to see, make sure people are legal. And he was the only one that got carried off for not having his, because we were in process to get our green card. So I'm sure it was probably pretty comical to everyone else on the bus where they're like the one white kid is dragged off because he's, he, he, this is the illegal. <laughs> and then he takes, we just get this phone call. Hey, I'm going before a judge tomorrow and I might be sent back to South Africa. This is all we hear. We get a phone call from Tim in Texas on the border. Like, they're like, let's pray, you know, pray. And, uh, and thankfully we were actually in process during that time. We were like in process to get our green card. So we faxed everything over. So we, my, my mom still got it on her fridge, Tim's mugshot, standing there smiling, you know, at the, <laughs> at the detention center where he spent the night in the cell getting ready to see the judge the next day. <laughs> Funny. And then, uh, yeah, and so that's what we grew up in and grew up, the Lord brought us here and and. Through, through the message of giving and, and through the message of abundance, really started blessing our family. My mom got into real estate and had some crazy years, low years, and then the Lord blessed her and we had some good years and then brought, took my brother and I into business. Well, I'll talk more about that another night this week. But, but God, God has a way of taking you from where you are now and taking you to abundance. And that's God's plan for your life. And God wants you to get that in your spirit that he made you in his image, not to be small, not to have minor impact, and it's only really religion that'll come and will say, money's not right. Oh, you know, money. And there have been people who couldn't handle it, who, who God blessed them and they couldn't handle it and they went back to a life of sin. Because it's like Pastor Will said on Sunday morning, money's an amplifier. If you're living a life of sin, money just lets you do it bigger and better, right? Uh, and if you're living a, a, a life for God, money lets you do it bigger and better, Right? And, and, you know, think of, think of the River Church Dickinson. Uh, I'm believing the Lord for you. And I see this church being raised up and being the most blessed. And it's not a competition. But, but the hand of God on it financially, where, first of all, there's no debt for the River Church. Anything that needs to be built out is easy to be built out. You don't even think about it. And then, and then God brings business people so that 
around and raises people up here to be business people. It's not just, hey, let's get a couple millionaires in the church. It's that God would raise you up. I don't know if we have any people in here that you would be okay with God raising you up financially to a place. And you have to make a decision then. You have to make a decision that you won't turn your back on the Lord, number one. That, that you, you refuse to go to hell and you refuse to backslide and leave church and whatever. Because you'll face things. You'll face people coming up and asking you for money. You'll face people calling you, whatever. You'll face those things. And, and then you have to decide, I'm going to stay the course and I'm going to continue. And it won't go from, well, you know, 10% tithe was good when I was making 80000 a year. But now that I'm making $8 million a year, I mean, 10%, that's like $800,000 a year. That's like a lot. You almost have to predetermine the more the money gets, that the more you give. That as the money goes up, the percentages go up too. Lord, when I pass a million for a year, I won't be giving 10%. I'll be giving 35%. And you just start sliding it up. Lord, when I get to 5 million a year, I'll be giving, you know, taxes make things interesting. But once taxes have cleared, I'll be giving 50%. That you can actually, the, the more the Lord blesses you, that the more you push harder to avoid the love of money and money getting a root in your heart. And I believe the Lord wants to raise people up like that because there's a, there's a great work to be done and it takes money to do it. Amen? I always think about this. I always think about like how, how, could, we reach, how could we reach more people? And then I think about uh, like the Super Bowl. Well, the Super Bowl, I don't know what it is now, but there was a time where a 30-second commercial was a million dollars. I think it's more, a million and a half maybe. But, but imagine if you could buy 10 commercials for the Super Bowl and just put the gospel on them. So there people are watching, they see their Doritos commercial, they see their Pepsi commercial, and then they see a preacher. Hey, we want to tell you God loves you and he's got a great plan for your life. We want to ask you a question. If you were to die today, do you know for sure you'd go to heaven? Tomorrow's not required of you. And just take two minutes and preach the gospel and give people an opportunity. And you have a, you have a captive audience that's there to watch. They're not going to change the channel. And, and, that you'll, and that you'll have 70 million people hear the gospel in one day. What about YouTube? What about just buying all the commercials on YouTube? So every time, not for the Christian music, but every time someone watches something, some music that has cuss words in it, every commercial, you have someone, hey, look at me, that foul demon spirit and cast out demons on YouTube, you know, preach the gospel. That takes money. That would be very expensive, but it would get the gospel to people. You know, there's countries where there's, there's countries where there's like Japan is, I think, 2% Christian. 2%. It's, it, it, you're allowed to go preach. It's not like North Korea. You can go, but it's 2% Christian. But what would it take? You know, and, and, and it takes money. And so the Lord is looking to bless people. But there has to come something on the inside where you rise up and say, this isn't just, this isn't a greedy thing. That's what it is. Is because religion wants to make the blessing of the Lord a greedy thing. You're just after money. But I believe we have a room full of people who are genuinely after the Lord. I want to please the Lord. And when you can honestly say, Lord, the strongest desire of my heart, that is that I would please you and my life would be pleasing for you and I want to bear fruit for you, then being blessed and, and walking in dominion and having abundance and multiplying, is it's biblical, it's unbiblical to stay small. The Bible actually talks about the man who's given talents and he doesn't multiply them. Religion comes to keep you small. Don't, you know, don't get, and then they'll quote one scripture out of Proverbs 30, 30. You know, don't give me too much prosperity. That was a person 
who is under the old covenant, wasn't born again, don't give me too much prosperity, and don't give me, well, yes, don't give you too much prosperity. If, if you make a billion dollars in a year, we'll send you to hell. I'd rather you don't have it. And that's God's value system too. So yes, don't give you too much prosperity. But I believe in these last days, there's going to be people who will rise up and say, there's no amount of money that will keep me out of the kingdom of God. I'm all in. I've been all in and it doesn't matter. Money's not taking me out. Offense is not taking me out. Nothing's taking me out of the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. I'm here to serve Jesus Christ. Amen. If that's you, why don't you give the Lord an amen this evening. So he says, he says, you've made a hedge about him, verse 10, and about his house and about all that he has on every side. You've blessed the work of his hands and his substance is increased in the land. If you read through 112, Psalm 112, it talks about the righteous have good things, wealth and riches are in their house. God made you for abundance. God made you for abundance. God made you to multiply. Go to, go to Genesis chapter 1 with me. Everyone say dominion. dominion. Genesis chapter 1. That's, that's at the beginning. Genesis 1. And I'm going to read verse 26. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them, and God said, be fruitful, and multiply. Everyone say multiply. multiply. And replenish the earth. Be fruitful, and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. So God gave man dominion. You know, something happened in these verses, Genesis 1, 26 or 28, where God handed the planet over to man. And I would say out of, all, uh, out of what I've seen in the Word, this is probably one of the top three things that I've understood in the Word that I believe every believer needs to understand, is that this planet right now does not belong to God. Because you hear people, and it's, you hear believers, and they say, well, how many know God's in control? It's been such a hard week, and this has been diff difficult, and my husband got laid off, and my nephew now is sick, but I just know God's in control. And what does, what does that do? You know, it was kind of like the conspiracy theories that came out with, like, uh, Q, right? Where I would just trust the plan, and, you know, this is happening. And there's still now. I got an email the other day. This was, like, two weeks ago. I deleted it just because it was so nonsense, but it was... Q psyop things next week, the week of the election, internet's going to black out, you know, t Twitter's going to go down, Instagram's going to go down, mass arrests, 400,000 arrests, indictments, and trust the plan. And what does it do? I mean, there was a time where you read that stuff and you're like, you would hope this stuff would come through. I don't know if anyone did a couple years ago. And then you realize this just all is to make you passive. Just trust it. You don't have to do anything. Just trust the plan. It's the, it's the equivalent of God's in control. It's fine. You don't have any responsibility. Just sit there and wait. The healing's in God's timing. The Lord's trying to teach you a lesson by firing your husband. God's in control. Just, just hang out. God's in control. Just sit there. Just coast. God's in control. The Bible doesn't say just sit there and just coast. The Bible says, the Bible says, occupy until I come. Amen. Jesus said, 
that since the days of John the Baptist, the kingdom of heaven suffer violence and the violent take it by force. God's not, God said, when, I, when, the, when the master of the house returns, there'll be some who will be parting, who will be abusing the servants. God comes to f- faith. Uh, blessed is the man that he comes and finds so doing who's engaged in the work that God gave him to do. I'm telling you, the spiritual life is not a life of waiting. Yes, Jesus is coming back. Yes, I'm looking forward to when he's returned, but I'm occupying until he comes. I'm taking up space until he comes. I'm making sure the devil has no stronghold over my family. I'm making sure that I'm taking as much territory financially as I can. I'm making sure I've got goals every year of how much I'm going to give into the gospel. And it's increasing every year. I'm advancing and I'm moving forward in the kingdom of God. That's why God gave us, when he gave us the, when he gave us the whole, uh, the armor of God, put on the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the girdle of truth, the shoes of the gospel of the the shoes of the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, and what? And the sword of the spirit. If God would have just given us the shield of faith, and we could say, you know, I'm just here, I'm just taking the devil's attack. I got the shield of faith up. He tries to come to my family, and most don't even do that. They they they've got maybe the belt on. Most people, the belt of truth, they've got like the belt. They don't have the feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. They don't know how to take the gospel to anybody. And then the devil shoots an arrow. They don't have the shield up. Oh, the devil shot an arrow at me this week. And, you know, I'm under the weather. And, you know, my family this, my family that. And can you pray for me? The the shield of faith's not even up. God made it that we would have the shield of faith up, but that we would have the sword. What is the sword for? The sword so you can actually go on the offensive. The sword is so that you can take territory from the enemy. One One of the great privileges for me is that since the Lord delivered me from depression and and suicide and uh and which took my father out but since the lord delivered me from that i'm I, i'm not standing still every every healing school people come and there's 30 to 40 plus people that come and line up to be set free from depression and thoughts of suicide and the lord set people free i'm taking territory back that the devil tried to take from my family And that's what God's raising up. And I see you coming out of these meetings so full of the power of the Holy Ghost to take territory back that the devil's taken from you. If that's you, give the Lord a mighty amen tonight. God God made you to live in victory. God made you to live in abundance. You, You have to get small thinking out of your head. And that's what this type of preaching will do. When you come and you open your spirit and you say, Lord, do what you want to do in me. Enlarge my territory. God enlarges you. This is a biblical principle. God enlarges you on the inside before he enlarges you on the outside. God births something in your spirit first, and then you bring it forth. You give, that's how faith works. You get it on the inside. The Bible says, Hebrews 11.1, faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. So what is it? Faith is, I got this on the inside, and then I'm going to, and then I, I'm going to have it on the outside. It's like being pregnant. I've got this thing living on the inside of me. I got it in my spirit. I got the increase in my spirit. I got the, I got the out of debt in my spirit. I got the I'm going from glory to glory. I'm not, I'm not wondering what this year is going to be like. This year is going to be a year of overcoming. This year is going to be a year of increase. I'm going to speak it out of my mouth. I'm going to praise it until I see it. I'm pregnant with it and I'm bringing it forth. You may not see it yet, 
but it's inside me. And I'm growing and I'm growing. And there's a day coming where I'm going to come back and I'm going to be holding this new baby. Bless God. That's what faith is. And you get pregnant with it on the inside. You get pregnant with your new life of joy. You get pregnant with your new life of abundance. You get pregnant with your new life of healing and dominion. You get pregnant with your new life of, I'm not going to stay depressed a single day longer. Hallelujah. I'm walking in divine health. You get pregnant with souls. You get pregnant with the things of God, and then they get bigger and bigger and bigger, and then at some point, it comes on the outside. And that's how faith works. And that's what's happening to you today. The Lord's planting seeds on the inside of you. And they may start off small, but bless God like a mustard seed. When they get to their height, there's many birds that come and branch under that tree. That's what God does. That's how the Word works. That's what the devil can't stop. The devil can't stop the anointing. The devil can't stop the Word of God. The devil tries to get you to just, oh, that's for some else. But tonight, if you'll hear his word, if you won't harden your hearts as they did in the day of provocation, if you'll open your hearts and say, bless God, that abundance is for me. Lord, if you're going to use anybody, you're going to use me. If anyone's going to lay hands on the sick and they're going to be healed, it's going to be me. If anyone's going to make millions, it's going to be me. If anyone's going to walk in dominion, going to cast out devils, it's going to be me. If anyone's going to have a house full of joy, it's going to be me. If anyone's going to be set free and, and lay hands on my family members for alcohol addiction to be broken off. It's going to be me. That's mine. That's mine. And that's what the Lord's birthing in your spirit tonight. If you believe it, if you receive it, take 10 seconds and clap your hands and give the Lord a shout of praise. Hallelujah. That's mine. In Jesus name. You have to make up your mind. You have to, it's an inheritance. You have to make up your mind. It's yours. Because it's, that's what faith does. Faith is the arm. This is my best definition for faith. Faith is the arm that reaches over into the supernatural realm and takes what God has for you and brings it back into the natural realm. God has abundance for every believer. God has peace of mind for every believer. God has a good night's sleep for every believer. God has peaceful dreams for every believer. God has healthy family for every believer. God has abundance for every believer. God has enough where you can be blessed and you can bless other people. Amen. You know, the Bible actually commands us to give. It commands us to give 10% to, to the church. It commands us to give to the poor. It commands us to remember the poor. It commands us to bless the traveling missionary. It commands us, there's many different first fruit offering. It commands us to give. You know that if you're, if you're not blessed, that you can't obey the Bible? That there, you actually have to have a certain amount to do that? And so being blessed allows you to fulfill what God has called you to do. But you have to say, hallelujah, that's for me. Hallelujah, I'll take that. Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. It starts for me now. I'm going to another level now. And how do you take it? You open your mouth and begin to say it. I heard a man of God say, if you can't speak it out of your mouth, you won't hold it in your hands. You know, the weapon that God gave you in the same way when God created, he got up and, and what did he say? Let there be light. You know, if he wouldn't have said that, we still wouldn't have light. Why? 
because he said it. And then he said, uh, dry earth, come out of the water. And it did. And then he said, uh, grass, come out of the dry ground. And then he said, all the trees come out of the dry ground with, herb, with seeds that produce after their kind. And he spoke and it was so. And then God created us in his image. And you know, this is when he handed the earth over to us. So people say, well, if God's in control and God's good, then why does he allow uh, uh, death and disease and rape and all these things? Well, it's because God's not actually in control. God gave this earth over to us. God gave it to Adam. And Adam, man, Adam, you had one job. You had one job. Don't eat the fruit. And you did. I know it was Eve, but Adam got the blame. He should have, the Bible says, train up your wife in the way they should go. And when they are old, they'll not depart from it. So, that's a misquote, but okay. <laughs> but God gave, this is the verse, let us give let us make man our image. Let's give them dominion. Let us give them this earth. Psalm 115, 16 says, The heavens, even the heavens belong to the earth. The Lord, the earth, has he given to the children of men. God gave this earth to us. And then Satan came and, and took dominion and, and carried dominion. And he was known as the prince of the power of the air. And that's what the Bible calls him. He's still that today, the prince of the power of the air. But turn with me to John chapter 14. John 14, verse 30, it's a, I'm going to read one verse to you. Jesus said, now this is Jesus who wasn't born of the same, 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 same lineage as Adam. He was born of a virgin, so he didn't have Adam's fallen nature in him. And he said, John 14, 30, he says, The prince, I will not talk with you much more. Hereafter, I'll not talk much with you. For the prince of this world, that word prince means chief ruler. Jesus himself referred to Satan as the chief ruler of this world. When people say God's in control, God's not in control. God's not in control. We're in control. God's not in control. We're in control. Why? Because we were made of the dust of the earth. God made man of the dust of the earth. I always joke when I, when I talk about this. But that's why it doesn't matter if Elon Musk is trying to colonize Mars. I'm not going to Mars because I'm made of earth dust. And number one, when Jesus comes back, he's coming back to earth to rapture people. I don't want to be over on Mars like, hey, Jesus, can you... Over here. He's coming back here. So I'm staying right here. And then secondly, he says, all power in heaven and on earth is given to me. And so I know I have authority to cast out devils here and to heal the sick here. I don't know how all that works on Mars. I'm not, I'm not leaving my authority to cast out devils and heal the sick here and get to Mars. And I'm not allowed to because it's this planet. So I'm sticking here. Yeah, you can go to the moon. They can go to Mars. This is my planet. I'm waiting here for Jesus to come back. Amen. <laughs> and so John 14 30 he says I won't talk much with you for the prince of this world comes and he has nothing in me what does that mean he has no claim on me I want to tell you that the claim that Satan had on the human race is sin the sin nature that's what came into Adam when he sinned when he bit that apple is Sin entered his bloodstream. That's the only claim that Satan has on the human race. Do you know what was taken out of you when you got born again? The sin nature. 
You're not born of sin anymore. You're born of God. There is no sin in him. You're not born of the flesh, John 1, 12 or 13. You're not born of the will of man, but you're born of God. 2 Peter 1, 4 says that through these you might be partakers, through these great and precious promises, you might be partakers of the divine nature. The divine nature doesn't have sin in it. Everyone say, I'm sin free. Your spirit, man, has been born again. When you became born again, God reached in, took out the sin nature, and put in his nature. And so when God looks at you, he sees a perfect creature. Now, you may have gone last night and done something you shouldn't have done. You may have cussed somebody out of the drive-thru. You may have cut somebody off in traffic. You may have done things worse than that. But it, if you say, Jesus, please forgive me, your nature is perfect. It doesn't change your nature. You don't flip back and forth from being unsaved and saved, unsaved and saved. If you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, even if it's been one day, even if you got born again yesterday, you are righteous, you are holy, you are born of God. There's two types of people on this earth. There's those who are born of God. They have God's nature. And there are those who are born of the devil. Remember this, that when you die, when the body dies, your spirit man goes uh, either straight to God or straight down to the devil. And it's basically dependent on who your father is. When you're born again, God is your father. When you're not born again, the devil's your father. Basically, when you die, there's a paternity test, and the devil says, he's mine, and then he gets you. Or God says, he's mine, and you go to God. That's, uh, salvation is God's adoption plan for the world, to bring the world back to him. Hey, I'll take them, them, this one, this one, this one. God's adopting as many people as he can before Jesus comes back. And we're all contracted to be the adoption agents to get as many people adopted into the kingdom of God as possible. Amen. And that's the way it works. But since you're born of God, that means the devil doesn't have a claim on your life. So that's why. That's the reason why you can say, you foul spirit of torment, come out in Jesus' name and it has to go. That's why when you get around the anointing, the power of God will break that addiction off your body. The power of God will break that depression off you. Lift that spirit of heaviness. Hey, I've had this thing in my heart since I was young and it broke off last night. Why is that? Because of the power of the Holy Ghost. Because the devil doesn't have a claim on your life. The devil doesn't have a claim on your life. The devil doesn't have a claim on your life. So while the devil's trying to oppress you, God's trying to raise you up. You know, if you, if you take everything that the devil's trying to do to somebody, it's really easy to tell what God actually believes in. The devil loves poverty. It's part of the curse, poverty. So if you flip that around, the opposite of poverty is abundance. And that's God's plan. The devil loves depression. So what's the opposite of depression? So you flip that around, that's God's plan for you. Hallelujah. The devil loves people going to hell. God wants people in heaven. The devil loves people sick. God loves people healed. Religion overcomplicates things. Well, you know, there's times where God will use this to teach you a lesson. No, God, God uses his word to teach people lessons. God isn't using the devil's tactics to teach you a lesson. He's a good God. He doesn't have an agreement with Satan like that. He doesn't let sickness come on you to teach you something. He doesn't let poverty come to teach you something. He's not trying to draw you closer through that. 
he's, he's, his goal is to lift you up. His goal is to bless you. His goal is to prosper you. His goal is to love you. His goal is to, to dignify you. His goal is to raise you up. His goal is to make a great nation out of you. His goal is to get credit for what's happening in your life. His goal is that at the end of your life, people will look and see, look what the Lord has done. Man, that's a work of God. His goal is that even, even the heathen will say, the Lord has done great things for them. Hallelujah. If you believe it and receive it, give the Lord a mighty amen tonight. Amen. Romans 8.37. And we know all things work together to good. That's 8.28. Uh, work together to good to them that love God and to them that are called according to his purpose. And then Romans 8.37. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus who loved us. More than a conqueror. You have to see yourself as a conqueror. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. I'll tell you this. From doing three years of healing school, probably the, one of the, the biggest things, once people know that they have the authority, the, one of the biggest things, why people don't walk in victory, is they don't have the courage to actually just stand and use their authority. And so you, you have to actually make a decision that when the fight comes to your doorstep, you've already decided what you're going to do. I, I think that's what courage is. I think courage, my definition of courage, where he says be strong and very courageous, is the predetermination to fight. If, if sickness tries to come to my doorstep, it's going to have a fight on its hands. Because when it comes and the sickness and the symptoms come, you don't feel like fighting. You feel like drinking chicken noodle soup and laying in bed and feeling sorry for yourself. You don't feel like fighting. So you have to decide beforehand, bless God, the devil tries to bring this, I'm fighting. Bless God, uh, lack tries to come, I'm standing up and I'm going to praise my way out of it. I'm going to thank my way out of it. I'm going to speak life. I'm going to speak prosperity. I'm going to open my mouth and let it rip. I'm going to see the, the word of God's going to come out of my mouth. I'm going to exercise the authority that I have, because I was made for victory. Victory and dominion doesn't mean, that, doesn't mean that you're never tried. It doesn't mean that no attacks come. It means that when an attack comes, you stand up and you, and you whoop its butt. And really, that's better, because then you have stories to tell. Then you have, you have things to throw back in the devil's face. You know, there was one time where I was probably 15 years old, and I was at my church in Tampa, and... Uh, it was a Wednesday night service, and I was sitting on the front row. Pastor Eric was preaching, and it, he was taking up the offering, and he said, uh, he, right at the end, he quoted a verse and said, you know, the Lord will give seed to sow and bread to eat. If you don't have seed to sow, ask the Lord for seed to sow. And I didn't have any money, and I was a giver. And I sat there, and he said, the Lord will give seed to sow and bread to eat. If you need seed, ask the Lord for seed. And I was sitting here, and I said, I didn't say it out loud so, you know, people would hear me. Uh, I in my heart, said, Lord, I, I'm, ask, I don't have, I'm a sower and I don't have seed. I'd like $20 to give in this offering tonight. And I ask this in Jesus' name, amen. And then that was it. And then the, they passed the envelopes and I took an envelope and I just held my envelope. I didn't have money for it, but this was my act of faith. Take an envelope. I held it. And the lady next to me reached into her purse, pulled out a $20 bill and handed me a bill and said, I want to give you this. And I said, thank you. And I put it in the envelope and I gave it. She didn't pull out a one. She didn't pull out a five. She didn't pull out a 10. She didn't pull out a 50. She pulled out $20, what I asked the Lord for. 
You know, that for me was like the first time that I ever saw my faith work for something. And you know how many years I threw that back in the devil's face when he tried to tell me something wasn't, I'd go to believe the Lord for something. He's like, it's never going to happen. I would say, devil, do you remember that Wednesday night where the Lord gave me that $20? The devil did, if the Lord did that for me, he'll do it again. Devil, you're such a loser. You remember that? And then now those testimonies just get added on to and added on to. And, the, and the, you know, there was a time where we believed the Lord for our house to be paid off. We'd been sewing radically. We had just come out of business and sewed ourselves into the ministry. And we owed $80,000 on our house. And I saw in the word where the word said, owe no man anything but to love him. I, uh, I may have told, I probably told this testimony last time I was here because we'd, we'd had the house paid off. But um, owe no man anything but to love him. And then it said, you will lend and never borrow. And I knew that I took out the loan, but I saw it in the word that it was God's will that I wasn't in debt. So, I, so we started sowing towards it and praising and thanking the Lord. And, and then when the devil would say it's not going to happen, I would say, devil, remember that $20 that the Lord gave me? If the Lord did it, then he'll, you know, $20 to 80000 That's a bit of a jump. But it was still a testimony that I had to throw in his face. And then the Lord paid off the house. Someone wrote us a check, a blank check that said no more mortgage. And it was 79, you know, 79400 and something. The Lord paid off our house in full. Praise the Lord. That's the power of the word of God. The Lord paid it off. And, uh, you know, the Lord would like to get you out of debt. I know, I know you got yourself in it, but the Lord will get you out of it. There's, there's provision in the word for that. Amen. Who'd be okay with that? Get out of debt. I, I want all of you to take this church as your responsibility. Let's get this church, this building, out of debt as swiftly as possible. Amen. I know they're the pastors, but this is your place too. So start pressing in and praying and thanking the Lord. Lord, thank you for such a flood of finances to come. That the, make this a prayer point, that the River Church at Dickinson is debt-free in Jesus' name. Start thanking the Lord that, that you're debt-free and that the River Church at Dickinson is debt-free. Quickly. Not a 30-year not a project, not a 15-year project, not even a 5-year project. Swift deliverance where there'll be no bank that'll say we have any claim on them. How many believe for that? How many would say you can believe the Lord for that? Amen. And then, and so now the devil tries to come, you're going to lack. And then the testimonies just start stacking up. Devil, remember that $20? Devil, remember? And then now I've got the letter at my house of the paid in full from my mortgage company. Uh, paid in full. Devil, remember this? Just go stand there and touch it. Remember this? <laughs> devil, you remember this? I heard Norval Hayes say he would get a chair and he would sit down and read the Bible. And he'd get a chair and he'd put a chair in front of him and he'd get his Bible and he would sit down with his Bible, and he would say, devil, sit down. And then he would open his Bible. If any man be in Christ, devil, listen up. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things have become new, and all things are of God. I'm the head and not the tail. And he said, if you're not reading your Bible to the devil, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> devil, listen up. You don't know who I am. You don't know what you're messing with. I'm born of God. I'm created for victory. I am the head. I'm not the tail. I am above only. No one will be able to stand against me all the days of my life. You know, when you get preaching like this in your spirit, if you turn on, the, I don't know what the Christian radio is like around here, but at least in Tampa, there's nothing good. You turn on the Christian radio and you'll start, your BS meter will start going off. Excuse my language. Your BS meter will start going off. You know how I many you know? 
life's difficult and serving God such is very difficult. Serving God's difficult. Try being, try being strung out on drugs. That's difficult. Serving God's not difficult. Serving God's wonderful. Serving God's, yes, you press through some things, but serving God's rewarding. Serving God's full of joy. Hi, hallelujah. It's a blessed life to serve the Lord. This isn't the difficult life. This is the blessed life. Hallelujah. If you're happy that your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life, why don't you lift your hands and thank the Lord for how good He's been to you. Out of your own mouth, go ahead and bless Him tonight for how good He's been to you. Thank you, Lord. We love you. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Isaiah 54, 17. Isaiah 54, 17. No weapon, probably heard this one. No weapon that is formed against you shall ever prosper. No weapon that's formed against you shall ever prosper. And every tongue that's risen in judgment against you, you shall condemn. I want to tell you, if you'll take some of these scriptures that I've given you and every day wake up and out loud thank God for them from your spirit, man. And as you pray in the Holy Ghost, if you find that it's dry and you're like, this is the day the Lord has made, I'll rejoice and be glad in it, then take 90 seconds to three minutes and violently pray in tongues. Just for, just for that time, pretend you're Nigerian and just but like war tongues, like a good Nigerian. I am the head and not the tail. I am above. You know, it's different when it comes out of your head and when it comes out of your spirit. So maybe just pretend you're not, a, you know, you're not a quiet white person from the north and it's too cold to talk. You know, just let it rip out of your spirit. There's a difference. If you find when you go to quote scripture that it's laborious, oh, I got to quote my scriptures. That means you're not stirred up. Man, being stirred up makes all the difference. You listen to people preach when they're not stirred up. Well, how many of you know? You know, they'll answer, they'll, they'll take the microphone like this. Well, you know, Lord... We just come to you today, and Lord, we just ask you. Not, like nothing, not, no, no weight to their voice, just whatever. You know, when I was in sales, they taught us you don't say two words, just and actually. Those are two words you don't use in sales because they're amplifier words. Well, we're just in the area today. It makes it seem like it's, there's nothing going on. Well, if you do this, we'll actually double the order. It, means, it sound, makes it sound too good to be true. And then people pray like that. Lord, we just ask. We're not, you know, we don't come for any other reason. We just want to bless you, Lord. We just ask you, Lord, nothing, no weight, no importance. And then someone gets up, hallelujah, lift your hands. Thank you, Lord. This is going to be a night of victory for your people. You know, that's a spirit that's stirred up. God called you to live in victory. Most of you have enough word in your spirit to overcome the devil's attack every time. But your spirit man stirred down. But when you sit under good preaching like this, when you sit under the word of God, and when you stir yourself up in the Holy Ghost, and you say, bless God, I'm walking in victory. If you 
you'll wake up in the morning and say, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in this day. I thank you, Lord, I'm ahead and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I thank you, I'm coming out of debt and I'm coming into abundance. Thank you, Lord, I'm blessed coming in and blessed going out. Whatever I put my hand to prospers. Lord, I want to thank you once again. I hope the devil's listening. The devil's a loser. He lost 2,000 years ago. Hallelujah. Jesus is alive in me. And because he's alive in me, I'm an overcomer. You start doing that on a daily basis and you'll see things turn around. You'll see your expectation shifts from loss to victory. And you'll see that come alive. And that's one of the most important keys. Because if the enemy can get you to expect that it's going to be hard, it's going to be difficult, you're going to go back to the way that you were, you have to open your mouth and speak in the other direction. I'm not going back to depressed. I'm not going back to the way I was. I'm not going back to sickness. Hey, I'm just getting started. Start talking trash. I'm just getting started. I'm going over in the other direction. I'm going from glory to glory. And the devil says, you're going to lack. It's going to be difficult. You you start, this is a principle. You actually don't just say no. You go hard in the other direction. Devil, not only am I not going to lack, I'm going over the top. Hallelujah. It's going to be so embarrassing how how much the Lord blesses me. Oh, I'm going to be so rich, it's going to be embarrassing. I'm going to just be buying people cars left and right, paying off all my family members' houses, Hallelujah. I thank you, Lord. You're blessing me. Whatever I put my hand to prospers. Hey, hallelujah. No banker is going to say that they have a claim on me. Oh, because I'm coming out of debt. And you'll open your mouth and go hard in the other direction. I'm telling you, you, your life follows your mouth. And victory begins with, victory begins with this. You getting the word in your spirit. And then it begins with you opening up your mouth and beginning to speak the word. You speak where you want to go. If you want joy, you speak joy. That's why he says he gives you the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. You know, when I was dealing with that spirit of heaviness as a teenager and as a young adult, the Lord really helped me. But there were still days where I would have good days and then not so good days. And, and, and the, Lord helped me, the Lord helped me and it got less and less. But you know, there was one day where I woke up and there was no reason to be down. But it's like the spirit of heaviness came and I woke up with it. And it's like, I just, I didn't know. I, I didn't know why. I didn't have any reason, but I just felt like down. And I went downstairs to go pray like I normally did. And I got ready to turn on some sad Bethel worship music and just cry and lay down and cry. And, uh, and I felt the Lord say, praise. Because he gives us the garment of praise to deal with that spirit of heaviness. That's an actual prescription. Hey, you're dealing with this blood pressure. Take two of these a day. This is your prescription. That's a biblical prescription on how to deal with a spirit of heaviness. And I went downstairs and I turned on Ron Cannoli, can't stop praising his name. And I cranked it way up, even though it was the last thing I felt like doing. And instead of laying on my face and crying, I stood up and I made myself dance. And that was the day I understood what it meant to bring a sacrifice of praise. Because there's some times where the Lord blesses you and you feel like getting up and dancing and rejoicing. And there's other times where everything's going wrong. And it's the last thing you feel like doing. And it's a sacrifice. But you say, bless, bless the Lord, I'm going to praise Him anyway. And I made myself dance and praise until it broke. Probably three, four, five minutes. Can't stop. Pray. And I danced hard. I, I pictured David where he danced with all his might. And I just danced my heart out in about five minutes. That spirit of heaviness broke 
And I want to tell you, it's never even tried to come back since. You can get the victory once and for all and go on from glory to glory and strength to strength. If you believe it, why don't you lift your hands and give the Lord a mighty amen tonight and say, I receive it in Jesus' name. That's what the Lord has for you. He has victory for you. I want to tell you, it doesn't matter where you are in your life. You may say, man, I'm, I'm too far gone. I'm, I, I, it's, I've been too long in this thing. It, you're not too long in this thing. It doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter how long you got born again. There's victory for every believer. And the thing about the Word of God is it's so full of power that if you'll take the Word and just let the Word get in your spirit, that's what these revival nights are for. It's about letting the Word and the anointing come and do something on the inside of you. And the Word gets in your spirit. And if, please hear me, if you'll allow it to come alive in your spirit, to come alive in your spirit, to come alive, if you'll, if you'll even let yourself begin to rejoice over the word and say, thank you, Lord, that's mine. Hallelujah, I'm taking that. Just like, just like the two blind men as Jesus passed by. Jesus, son of David, have mercy that you say, hallelujah, that's mine. I'm grabbing a hold of multiplication. God didn't create me to make me small. God created me and saved me for me to go to the top. God created me and saved me, not for me to be held under the grip of Satan and this depression and this heaviness. God created me for joy and life and peace and happiness and overcoming. God created me for effectiveness. And if you'll take it and grab a hold of the word and say, bless God, this is my word. I don't know who else's word this is, but this is my word. This word on healing's my word. God didn't create me for this thing in my body. And even if it was something you brought on yourself, even if it was, you know, we, we we see God heal people of things that they brought on themselves, diabetes, uh, uh, hepatitis. There was a guy who came to healing school for, and a couple things, but hepatitis from drug use. And the Lord healed him. And he actually, what happened is he came to healing school, got healed of some other things. The Lord set him free from addiction to nicotine, addiction to marijuana, and, but he had hepatitis. And he came out of healing school, and the hepatitis was still there. And then every day he'd wake up and praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm healed and whole from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. And after about three months, he went in for his checkup that he normally went in for, and the hepatitis was gone. He'd had it every, every reading, totally gone, healed by the power of the Holy Ghost. That's the mercy of God. Even if you did it, even if your sin caused that to come on you, that's the mercy of Jesus Christ. That he said, it don't matter. You're mine, and I don't want that thing on you. I don't want the devil to have any mark left on your body. That's what sickness and disease is. It's a mark of the devil. I don't want any mark left on the body on my children. They're mine from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. Why don't you lift your hands all over this place? Lord, I thank you for your mighty anointing. Lord, as the preaching of the word has gone forth, I thank you for your anointing. Oh, hallelujah, which sets the captives free. Oh, that binds up the broken heart that brings liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. Lord, and you set at liberty those that are bruised. I thank you, Lord, for a new overflow of the anointing of God. Oh, Lord, that out of their belly will flow rivers of living water. There's the anointing. You know, you may, you may say, I don't feel much. 
But it's not about feeling. It's about the anointing going into your spirit. And as you open your heart to God, the anointing will begin to go into your spirit. And what happens is, it's like Psalm 23. He anoints your head with oil and your cup runs over. So the cup will fill you up. The cup will fill you up. And some of you may have come in and your cup was empty. And he's been filling it up. And you're filled up about to the waist high now after the last couple days. And there'll come a point as you yield to the Holy Ghost that that cup will keep filling, keep filling, and there'll come a point where it overflows. And as long as you don't say, Lord, don't make me laugh, don't make me cry, as long as you don't try to have it your own way, the Lord will fill you to overflow because the anointing's in this place tonight. And the anointing, you know what the anointing comes for? It comes to destroy the yoke of bondage. Meetings like these are to make it that anything that the devil, any grip the devil had on your life is broken. Whether it's sickness and disease, whether it's any oppression, any addiction, any wrong thinking, any grip that the enemy has on your emotions, on your mind, any behavior patterns that aren't from God. That's what the anointing comes to destroy. It comes to destroy the yoke of bondage and comes to set you free. Lord, I thank you for your anointing even right now. Lord, thank you for my friends and what you did for them yesterday. Thank you, Lord, that you've begun a good work and you completed. it. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Rembo ramba re rasande le borro. Rembamba re de le bredele. Randa rege le borro sodo. De brodolo brababa. Thank you, Lord, for your anointing. E le broshon de le bredele breba. Every stronghold in the name of Jesus is broken in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Remba bare de lebre. Rande le barashambo. Rande le barambaba. Hallelujah. 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 You know, Jesus ministered by the anointing. Jesus ministered by the anointing. And that's what you felt last night. That was the healing anointing. Hallelujah. That's one of the many rivers of God. That's the healing anointing. But you know, there's a river of joy as well. Hallelujah. There's a river of peace. You know, the Lord wants to restore to you peace of mind. There's some people that they're just so, there's a multitude of thoughts and, and, and they're disquieted in their mind. The Lord wants to restore to you peace of mind. It's the anointing that destroys the yoke of bondage. It's the anointing that destroys the yoke of bondage. You know, my wife may tell you the story this week, but as I talked about on Sunday, this was just so awesome. This was this last healing school session. There's a young lady who is diagnosed bipolar and diagnosed with, with a couple different mental illnesses. And man, every time my wife would meet with her, many, many hours of meetings. And it's like nothing got through. You'd, you'd encourage her in the word. And then she would come back and say, well, I tried that and it's not working. Well, the word has to work. So it means that you're not, you're, she just had this feeling like nothing, the word would never work for her, never work. And it, and it wasn't because there wasn't, she didn't expect anything. And sitting under the preaching of the word, my wife was preaching, and the joy started moving. This is what the power of God will do. She said she felt something like electricity, correct me if I'm wrong, in her brain. And, and it's like something either left her or just switched. And she said, I finally realized, this is what she said in the message to my wife, I finally realized that this word is for me. And that Jesus, she said, it's funny, I've been saved for so long, but I realized Jesus actually loves me, and this word is going to work for me. And, and I would say, out of all the testimonies we've seen, this is probably one of the top two or three, even, even more than the blind eye opening. This, this testimony is probably one of the top two or three most powerful testimonies that we've seen in, in our ministry. Just 
while my wife was preaching and the joy was moving, to see that change. Because, you know, there's, there's times where you see people who come in bipolar and schizophrenic and diagnose mental, mental, severe mental illnesses. But to see the power of God come and in one moment destroy that, 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 that's something that only God can do. That's something that only God can do. And that's what the anointing is for. It's God's power to set the captives free. It's God's power to destroy what the devil's done. And so one more time, why don't you lift your hands all over this place? I know not everyone in here is sick. I know not everyone in here is oppressed. But if there's anything, maybe in the realm of emotions, maybe while the, 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 the two sisters were, pro, were, were testifying about what God did for them, childhood trauma and then just an oppression, a heaviness that was broken off. Maybe you felt like maybe that's me. You've always th- felt like it was your personality. Or maybe it's from trauma. Maybe it's from tragedy. And it's just you've carried a spirit of grief. I believe the Lord's lifting a heavy spirit of grief from people right now. That spirit of grief. You know, there's a time to mourn. And then there's a time where it becomes a spirit of grief. If years have passed and you still carry around a darkness, a heaviness from it. That's a spirit of grief. I believe the Lord's lifting that off people right now. By the power of the Holy Ghost. Lifting off a spirit of grief. Hallelujah. The Lord wants every person in joy. Hallelujah. That's the anointing moving through this place. Hallelujah. There's somebody who your mom, you had a great relationship with your mom, and then something happened, and it's like all of a sudden she disproved of you. And it became a, 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 almost a trauma to you. Like the person who is closest to you, all of a sudden it just flipped. And the Lord's lifting that from you now. The Lord's taking you that from you now. The Lord's healing you of that wound in Jesus' name. Something to do with mom. Something along those lines like that. Like relationship with the mom that went bad and it's become a wound. The Lord's healing that in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's open our mouths and thank the Lord together for his goodness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can do a little better than that. Open your mouth and out loud thank Jesus for his goodness. Hallelujah. You know, the reason I've been a little bit, I don't want to say on your case, but, but encar- really encouraging you to respond is because when you open your mouth, it lets that river flow. So when, when you open your mouth, and if the whole place in here is in a, a place of responding to God, because no matter where you are in life and how good or how bad things seem, the fact that you're a believer, you, you are to be envied. Like if, if who was the guy, um, Steve Jobs, who, who made Apple, you know, died a few years ago in his 50s and was a proclaimed Buddhist. So it was, a, it was a self-proclaimed Buddhist. He, who knows? Maybe he gave his heart to the Lord on his deathbed. But he would right now, if he could, trade places with you. If he could go back and be homeless for his whole life and know Jesus, he would make that trade. Oh, 100%. So, so even if you think my life isn't going well now, first of all, there's hope in the word. But secondly, even if there was no hope for it to get any better, the fact that you know Jesus, 
you are of all people most enviable. Because you can't get better news than you are, have peace with God and you're on your way to heaven. I, even if someone walked in from Publishers Clearinghouse or from, you know, we had the Powerball. That's nationwide, right? There's a person, yeah, in California that won that, what was it, $2 billion Powerball. So even if you were that person, which I don't know, it's a little bit of a gray area, Powerball tickets at the gas station. But anyway, let's just say that was you. That would, that, that would pale in comparison with, and how many agree with me? Your name, you being right with God on your way to heaven is better than any Powerball 2 billion. I mean, as nice as a $997 million payout. That's what the lump sum payout was on that. As much as that, as nice as that would be, that, that's not as good news as life, as goodness, as, as name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. So when you open your mouth and you begin to respond, that, that river begins to flow. That river begins to flow. And that's what allows God to do something on the inside of you. So I know for some people it's a cultural thing, just not, don't talk very much, don't respond. But if you'll get used to that this is normal, and I'm talking to you Africans as well, who are supposed to be the loudest and most praising and, and show the rest of, we're supposed to show everyone else how it's done. We have a reputation to uphold. We're not meant to come and fit in. And match everybody else. Everyone's actually looking to us to, hey, aren't they supposed to? So I'm giving you permission slips now. You can be African in North Dakota. Amen. 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 <laughs> There's something about doing something with all your heart that feels good. Like I've never, I've, uh, the only person I've ever punched with all my might was my brother and I was probably six. And I walked up to him. And I just hit him as hard as I could in the stomach, and he hit the deck. And that was the last time. We've never fought since. I'm 1-0, and and I'm retired. <laughs> and, uh, and it felt good. You know, we, had, we were good brothers. There wasn't much, but that felt, I don't remember what the deal was, but it felt good. And it feels good to be on a winning streak, you know. <laughs> but doing something with all your might, it feels good. You know, even when, even when, you know, if you played sports, even if you won, if you didn't give your best, there was just something about that that didn't feel good. Like, I didn't give everything I had. I could have pushed it. It feels good to leave it all out there. And it's the same when it comes to the things of God. That's, I'm, not, I'm not saying that every time I, I say, you know, I, I say something that you have to every person. You know, I went to uh, South Korea with Pastor Rodney. We, we took a trip um, to Asia with Pastor Rodney. He was on a 300-city tour, and one of the stops one night was in South Korea. And um, I have to check myself because I usually get ready to say North Korea, but that's definitely not right. In South Korea. And uh, it was a neutral venue. And there was like probably four different main congregations that came together. And there was probably maybe a thousand people plus in this building, but it was like a bunch of different churches. And you could tell the one church because they had been kind of trained that it doesn't matter what Pastor Rodney said. They would say, Amen! Like loud. Like, and even sometimes stand up and clap. And even places where it didn't make sense. Like, you know, he'd just be telling a story and then, amen. And then, and you'd see them all like stand up and after almost every, and so some people, there's, there's that. So I'm not saying that that, but when you begin to open your mouth and when you hear the word and you say, hallelujah, that's for me, that river begins to flow on the inside of you. So I know you may not be used to that, but when you open your mouth and say, thank you, Lord, that's for me. And, you, and, and there's a conversation going on. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And you're thanking the Lord for that. 
Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. That's for me. Lord, I receive your anointing. Lord, if anyone's, and, and some of it can be on the inside that while I'm preaching, you're saying, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. But that there's amen. Thank you, Lord. I believe it. Yes, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. That's for me. I'll receive that. I'll take that. That that's when that river begins to flow. And that river begins to flow. And that's where you're taking the word for yourself. That's when that word becomes yours. That's where that word becomes yours and you take it personally. So when you open your mouth and begin to bless God, and you know it's the same with the anointing. You know that you can get in the anointing by yourself at your house. But how do you do it? You open your mouth. Lord, today, I just want to tell you I love you. Lord, you're wonderful. Jesus, you're everything. There's nobody like you. You're the king of kings. Why? Because he inhabits the, not the silence of his people, the praises of his people. I heard a man of God say that praise is the cheapest way to get God involved in your situation. Open your mouth. Lord, I bless you today because he inhabits the praise of his people. Lord, I praise you today. Lord, you said, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Why don't you go ahead and lift your hands and praise him with me today. I'll lead the way. Lord, I bless you tonight. Lord, you're wonderful. Thank you for the might of your word. Thank you for the might of your presence. Thank you that there's nothing too hard for you. Lord, there's no situation under the sound of my voice that's too difficult for you. I thank you that right now, by the name of Jesus, financial situations are turning around this week in Jesus' name. Harvest's coming in Jesus' name. Harvest coming in Jesus' name. People who are asking, Where's my harvest? Harvest is coming in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Strength is coming to people's bones. Strength is coming to people's minds. Clarity is coming to people's thoughts. Memories returning to people. Strength is being infused into people's bones. Life is being infused into people's bodies. Thank you for joy being infused into people's hearts. Joy coming back into people's homes. People facing impossible situations, even legal situations, are coming out this week in the name of Jesus. Good reports coming this week in the name of Jesus. Promotion coming this week in the name of Jesus. People seeking employment, getting employment this week in the name of Jesus. Thank you for supernatural debt cancellation and debt relief this week in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, the power of the Holy Holy Ghost on display in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that Dickinson will be shaken by the power of the Holy Ghost. I thank you that from this day forward, 2022 in the month of November, Dickinson will be shaken by the power of the Holy Ghost. I claim Dickinson for the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I claim Dickinson for the King of kings and Lord of lords. The devil won't have the youth of Dickinson. The devil won't have the reservations. The devil won't have the, the, the seniors. They, they, they belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Now lift your voice for 10 good seconds and give the Lord a shout of victory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, it doesn't have to take long. Religion, one, I'm going to begin to close with this, this part of it with this. It doesn't have to take long. Religion wants you to believe that these things take a long time. But I'm telling you, you don't have to go slow. The Lord will anoint you for rapid acceleration. The moment you make up your mind and you get a word from God, I'm moving forward in this area. It doesn't have to take long. It doesn't have to take years of trying and failing. You get a word from the Lord in your spirit and you decide, bless God, I've set my sights and I'm going after this thing.
you know, Pastor Will, I was hearing the testimony earlier about when he was healed. And, and the Lord said to him, don't take, I hope it's okay that I share this. I'm, I'm, sure you've, hopefully, I'm sure you've shared it with your church. But the Lord said, don't take medication. And, and when Pastor Sean was telling us this, that's the key. When you get a word from the Lord, you have something to grab a hold of, and you can, and that's that's the rock that you stand on. That's the the hammer that'll break the rock into pieces. So the devil tries to discourage you to say, "Oh, this is going to take forever. You're going to be trying to work this thing. This thing's difficult. This thing's hard." When you have a word from the Lord, the word's like a fire and like a hammer, and breaks the rock into pieces. Just like we saw the demonstration of God's power last night. It didn't take six months to take nerve damage and nerve pain out of his legs. It was in an instant. That's the God that we serve. That one day you can be in lack and the next day you're not going from from lower class to middle class. You go from lower class to to high class. You go from lower class to rich. You go from lower class to overflowing. You go from poverty to abundance. You go from not being able to afford your car payment to paying paying cash for a car in Jesus' name. That's the God that we serve. I'm here to preach faith into you. I'm here to preach life into you. You know why? God is no respecter of persons. And this is what God wants for you. There, the, the reason why so many believers in, in nominal churches are just disillusioned and the young people don't have anything to do with God is there's no purpose for their life. But if the preacher is not preaching purpose into their spirit, then, then what do they do? Then all they think Christianity is try to be good enough until Jesus comes back. Try not to make too many mistakes. Try to stay saved. And that's the way, it's like, how long can you hold this and not lose it? That's what they feel like. Like one of those uh, survivor challenges where they're holding onto this pole. How long can you last? Can you last till Jesus' return? Probably not, right? That's what they feel like. Where there has to be a purpose. And I want to tell you, the purpose for you, you're in a city of 25,000 people. The purpose for you needs to be, we are going to take over Dickinson, not, not for the River Church, but for the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. But this local body is going to be the vessel that takes Dickinson. There has to be a responsibility that you say, Dickinson is my responsibility. If you live in another town outside of here, Beulah is my responsibility. Hebron is my responsibility. Wherever it is that you are, this is my, my city shall be saved. My city shall be shaken by the power of the Holy Ghost. We're going to see this church rise up. We're going to see this church packed out. I'm making it my business to see this place packed out. That's what has to rise up on the inside of you. That I'm here to see the kingdom of God established. That people need the power of God. You know, I don't know. Maybe there's other churches that you can go to here. And they'll lay hands on you to be healed, filled with the Holy Ghost. They'll, there's the power of God's presence. Maybe they are here. And God bless them. I hope they grow as well. But I, I, I have a feeling, and from what I know, may, maybe, that, maybe this is the only one that's standing up for the power of God. That's standing up for souls. That's standing up for righteousness. That hasn't bowed its knees to the world economic form. That hasn't bowed its knees to, 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 to gay marriage. That hasn't bowed its knees to abortion. You know, p- pastors coming out, pro-abortion pastors. I heard someone say, you, you can either be pro-abortion or you can be a pastor, but you can't 
can't be both. Because life is, life is, is valuable to God. When I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. You have to know what you're standing up for. And, and I believe this week God wants to put vision inside your spirit. That you stand up and say, bless God. I wasn't born again to be small. I'm setting my eyes for rapid acceleration. Please hear me. God is not the one holding you back. If you make up your mind, Lord, no circumstance, no amount of money, no blessing, no anything will ever make me turn my back on you. I refuse to go to hell. And that, that's the number one decision you make. I refuse to backslide. I refuse to get offended. I'll never leave the church disgruntled and just be out having church in my home, watching TV, not going to church. I'm going to be in the house of God. I'm going to be with other believers. And you make some of these decisions now. Then the Lord wants to promote you. And if you're in business, he wants to bless you. He wants to bring you into dominion. He wants you filling up this room with people from your work. I know there's people in here like this. There's people in here. That the, the reason some of you are here because someone from work invited you. Someone said, hey, come. Yeah, like, like, like these folks. That, hey, come. Let me pray for you. Come to my church. And you're here. This, this becomes your responsibility. I, I'm letting God use me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drive a bus in on Sunday mornings with 45 people that I bring in. That I've won to Jesus myself. That the, the person at Target, or there's no Target here. Sorry, I'm in, I'm in Bismarck. The person at Walmart. You got a nice Walmart. The person at Walmart. I'm bringing them to church on Sunday. But that something rises up and there's a purpose for your life. That's more than work, retire, and hopefully have enough pension to make it. We're standing. We are the glorious church of the Lord Jesus Christ. The church that's supposed to be a light set at the top of the hill that cannot be hid. Glorious with the power of God. Glorious in works. Even glorious in abundance. Glorious for the King. He's coming back for a glorious church. Stand to your feet with me tonight. Hallelujah. Lift your hands all over this place. Lord, I thank you for your anointing. I thank you for your mighty power. I thank you for your word, which is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Lord, I thank you that not one person leaves these meetings this week oppressed by the devil. Not one person leaves these meetings, Lord, in despair. Not one person leaves these meetings in pain. Lord, not one person leaves these meetings bound by sickness, disease, by addiction. I thank you for the power of the Holy Ghost to set the captives free. Lord, you said... Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. So I thank you even right now for the anointing being released. Anything in someone's body. There's, someone, there's, 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 there's been a problem for someone at, in their body, and the Lord's healing them right now. Brother, can I pray for you? Would you let me pray for you if you would stand right here? If I can get an usher here, that'd be great. Lift your hands. Lord, I thank you for your anointing. Any blockage in the name of Jesus? Out in Jesus' name. The fire the fire of the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. It's broken now in Jesus' name. I believe there's people that the Lord just wants to uh, fill you with His love tonight. That the Lord Jesus Himself wants to show you how much He loves you. He, he loves you. He wants to wrap his arms around you. He wants to confirm his love to you. That you serving him is not just a hardship and a difficulty. 
but that his love can fill you tonight and refresh you and keep you. Thank you, Lord, for your love even right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your anointing. Thank you, Lord, for your healing power. Great grace in Jesus' name. Great grace in Jesus' name. That's the anointing right now. Thank you, Jesus. You know, the anointing is like WD-40 for your spiritual joints. When everything's difficult and everything feels like such an effort, the anointing will come and the the anointing will make everything easy. The anointing will, will lubricate all your joints. Hallelujah. It'll be an ease in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your healing power. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your anointing for my sister. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your anointing. In Jesus' name. Wonderful Jesus. We magnify you, Lord. We honor you, Jesus. Great is your grace. Hallelujah. That anointing is flowing all over this place. If you'll open your heart, he'll fill you tonight. He'll touch you tonight. Hey, hallelujah. The Lord's not the one holding back. I want to tell you that. The Lord's not the one holding back. Hallelujah. The Lord's got good for you tonight. Hallelujah. The Lord's got good for you tonight. Hallelujah. He doesn't say come back another night. The Lord's got good for you tonight. For some it may be joy. For some it may be healing. For some it may be something else. Deliverance. But the Lord's got good for you tonight. Hallelujah. You know what yielding is? Is Yielding is allowing God to do it. It's very little about you. It's just about stop getting in the way and just let him fill you. Hallelujah. He's good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Why don't you begin to thank him for touching you? Why don't you begin to thank him for touching you? You know, some of you, I can see the difference in you since Sunday morning. So you may not feel, some of you may feel it, but you may not feel it, but the Lord's working in you. Can I pray for you? Come here. Thank you, Lord. Lift your hands. Lord, I thank you for your anointing. Thank you, Lord. You confirm your inheritance with a plenteous rain when it is weary. In the name of Jesus, the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Filled now in Jesus' name. 
I want to say the Lord there's some of you that the Lord while we're ministering even though we're, we're ministering on victory and dominion the Lord will begin to speak to you to make some changes there's maybe some things that you've allowed or doors you've opened and things that maybe other people talked you into that you that that you knew weren't right but because someone else convinced you 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 open the door in an area and the Lord will begin to speak to people about specific changes to make so I want to encourage you that's the Holy Ghost and the Lord will bless you as you obey so this isn't maybe for everybody but there are some that while you're here the Holy Ghost will begin to tap on your heart in an area and say hey for you to go to the next level we need to have this changed amen amen you know the Lord wants to bless and wants to accelerate but if there's certain doors that are open then the Lord would rather keep people small than accelerate them to their own destruction so 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 the Lord will speak to you about certain things the Lord will speak to you about certain things so like just as an example if there's a ministry and I'm just using an example. If there's a ministry that's doing things or a business that's doing things maybe a little bit underhanded on their taxes and because they're small, they can get away with it. But if they do that, then if the Lord blessed them and all these millions came in, all of a sudden the audit starts and, you, and they could be looking at jail time. So the Lord would rather keep them small in that place where they are because, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm just giving an example. I'm not talking about anything. I'm just giving an example. And, uh, and so the Lord would rather them, them, there be jail time. You, you know what I mean? So there's people that I believe the Lord even had a call on their life for ministry, but because they didn't have things, they weren't doing things the right way in their personal life, the Lord couldn't put them into the fullness of that because it would have been to their own destruction. And so for some people, I'll give another example. The Lord wants to use people, and the Lord wants to flow through people. But even things like the latest, um, some of the latest law changes toward marijuana, medical marijuana. And the Lord wants to use people, and then people open a door. That, that's a door to the enemy. I want you to hear it from me. Medical marijuana, those, those products are an open door to demons. So the, we, we've had people come to healing school where I mentioned that in healing school and we had a lady who came and she sat there for almost the full two weeks, didn't, didn't, no changes in her body. And when I said that, she says, I've smoked weed every day for 30 years. She said, I went that day and I didn't. The first day in 30 years, I didn't smoke weed. And she said, and she testified the next day that it was the next day she had her breakthrough because she decided I'm going to do this the Lord's way. And so that's just an example. So there's areas where the Lord wants to promote people, move them forward, but because of little foxes that spoil the vine. So I'm not, I'm not talking to anyone particular here. Maybe one person. But I'm not going to call you out and say, I'm going to speak what the Holy Ghost says, but it'll be for more than one. So while you're here, the Holy Ghost will begin to speak to you about changes to make so that your life lines up with God's Word, that there's not compromise. Amen.
Lift your hands one more time. Can we thank the Lord for His goodness? You know, the fact that He would correct us as means He loves us. He corrects those that He loves, the Bible says. So, so when you're being corrected by God, I know, it's, I know it's not pleasant, but it means He actually loves you, which is great. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 The Lord's filling people up. The Lord's filling people up. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tomorrow night, my wife and I are going to lay hands on everybody. So if you need a touch from God, whether it's in your body, I'm really believing for breakthrough in the area of joy for people. And so tomorrow, Wednesday night, we're going to um, lay hands on everybody. I want to invite your friends. If you, if you know someone who's dealing with either something in their body or, or an oppression in the area of their emotions, maybe if you know someone who's depressed, uh, please bring them. You know, that's one of the funnest parts for me about ministering is getting people set free from depression. It's kind of a, it's a little bit of a vendetta of mine. So if, even if they, they're not Christians, if you would just bring them and say, there's this guy in town and he'll, uh, he, he tells depression to go and it leaves. Just, just tell him, say, you know, just come, just trust me and just come. And please bring them because I hate the devil. And Jesus wants to set them free. And, uh, and tomorrow night we're going to minister. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can we thank the Lord together one more time for his goodness? Hallelujah. Thank him that you're an overcomer. Thank him that you're not leaving the same way that you came. Hallelujah. And there's such a sweet anointing in this place. There's such a wonderful anointing in this place. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. You know, I think people are, are too, sometimes too sensitive to what other people think. And especially when you have a lot of different um, Christian denials, it's a little bit extreme. You, people love the anointing. There's like some, it's the presence of God. It's like, it's like the one thing that every person on earth is longing for, whether they know it or not. So I know the services, a three-hour service may be long for, for, for people who are used to 90-minute services. But I'm telling you, five hours in the anointing doesn't feel as long as 90 minutes in a dry service. 90 minutes in a dry service, like, you're like, man, this thing, we've got to be three hours in, and it's been like nine minutes. You're like, what? I've never wanted to die as much as right now. Lord, can you just take me home? That's how religion feels. But in the presence of God, I mean, there's been, there's been meetings that... Like this one. I don't know. And I know I preached a good amount of time. And if you're, if you're new, maybe it feels long. But I, I felt like I just, I'm just getting warmed up for the night. So, huh? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you guys are great. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Ghost, for your mighty anointing. Thank you for setting every captive free. Thank you, Lord. You hold nobody hostage. Thank you, Lord. You've been so good. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you're so wonderful. Lord, I thank you for rewarding my friends for stopping and honoring the anointing. Thank you, Lord, for rewarding them for stopping and honoring the anointing. Thank you that for... And Lord, whatever there's been a prayer request for about the future, thank you that you make their crooked places straight. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. 
Hallelujah. Well, you may be seated. We're going to give you an opportunity to sow tonight into our ministry and to plant seed in good ground. Turn with me to Philippians chapter 4. Hallelujah. Philippians 4. I'm going to read from... Verse 10. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now in the last your care of me has flourished again. Wherein you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I'm, impl- I'm going to read from the Amplified. Not that I'm implying that I was in any personal want. For I have learned how to be content satisfied to the point where I am not disturbed or disquieted in whatever state I am. I know how to be abased and live humbly in straitened circumstances, and I know how to enjoy plenty and live in abundance. I've learned in any and all circumstances the secret of facing every situation, whether well-fed or going hungry, having a sufficiency and want. You know, Paul was kind of in an interesting situation because he was in jail, he was shipwrecked, he was tortured, he, he was pretty, he was persecuted. And so he spent a night in the deep, you know, just, I don't know if anyone else here has spent a night in the ocean shipwrecked, but Paul, he went through some interesting, uh, some interesting um, scenarios. And so he said, I've figured out how to do it all. I'm content in every situation. I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses in his strength to me. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. But it was right and commendable and noble of you to contribute for my needs and to share my difficulties with me. And you Philippians yourselves well know that in the early days of the gospel ministry, when I left Macedonia, no church assembly entered into partnership with me and opened up a debit and credit account in giving and receiving except you only. For even in Thessalonica, you sent me contributions for my needs, not only once, but a second time. Not that I seek or am eager for your gift, but I do seek and am eager for the fruit which increases to your credit, the harvest of blessing that is accumulating to your account. You know, when I have the opportunity to minister in Tampa and then teach in the Bible school, I end up teaching to a lot of future ministers, and there may be some here, future ministers, um, as God raises people up. But as as a minister of the gospel, one of the things that God's provided, because the ministry... You know, there are some positions, there's staff positions, there's different things. But, but ministries end up being, by and large, dependent on the contributions of people. And that's why God, that's part of the reason God instituted the tithe. Part of the reason for the tithe is to, is to honor God. But he said, bring all the tithes in the, into the storehouse. There may be meat in my house, says the Lord. So, so under the old covenant, the tithe was there so that the 10%, you had, you had the 12 tribes, the Levites was the, the, the priests. They didn't receive a land inheritance. They didn't receive a land portion. And so they didn't have a place to grow. It was farming. They didn't have a place to do that. So all, the other 11 tribes brought 10% to the Levites. And then they were the ones who did the, the sacrifice and, and all those things. And then they could eat of that. So they were sustained by the giving of the people, right? So that's what that was instituted for. But by and large, it's, it's, for ministries, it's dependent on the gifts of people. There's not too many ministries sponsored by Nike, by PlayStation, 
by Budweiser. You know, I don't know. I don't know if Shields is sponsoring churches around here. I don't know how all that works. I don't know what, what, what are the big uh, oil mining companies. I don't know if any of them are, have like paid for churches. You know, maybe there's a couple Christians there who are large and they give donations, but there's not much corporate sponsorship of uh, Bud Light doesn't sponsor a denomination of Christianity. Amen. So it's, it's on the donations of people. But as a minister... God, God didn't want it that, that God wanted it that there would be no burden or concern or worry. So God made it that people would give and then God gives ministers a confidence. So for us as believers, for us as ministers, God's put us in a place where we minister, we preach, and then he says, it's noble and it's right that you sent for my necessity. It may abound to your account. So that's an interesting scripture because then it asks, wait, what account? fruit that abounds to my account. You know, if, if you got a call, if you got a, I know what it's like to get a letter in the mail from a bank that I don't bank with. And then they say, Hey, your account. And I say, what do you mean? My account? I, uh, what do you mean? My account? Can we take a step back? I've never done business with you. What do you mean? My account? That's a little bit scary. All right. Have they stolen my identity? What other accounts have they opened? Right? Hopefully no one's gone through that. But, but he's saying, I desire fruit that abounds to your account. So that means there's an account in heaven with your name on it that's either full of fruit or no fruit. But there's an account with your name on it. And, that, and, and so Paul is saying here, I figured out how to be content. I know my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He's the one who takes care of me. There's a verse that the Lord showed me in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, and I teach this to the Bible school students, chapter 9, verse 7, and it says, what soldier goes to war at his own expense? If you decided that you're going to enlist in the Navy or the Marines or the Army, and you go in, here in America, at least, I don't know what it's like in other countries, but here in America, when you get there, they don't say, soldier, where's your gun and backpack? When you get there, they say, here's your backpack, here's your gun. They, you don't get there and they say, how many bullets did you bring with you? Maybe in other small countries, maybe in Burkina Faso, if you go to the military, they say, you know, Burkina Faso, it's the poorest country on earth. The, 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 the average person makes 260 US dollars a year. That's the, that's the average per, per person. It's, it's the poorest country on earth by a long shot. And, uh, so maybe there, if you go to the military, they say, where's your fighting club? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But at least in America, no soldier goes to war at his own expense. When you enlist in the army of God, God pays your bills. When you, enlist in the, when you, you, when you go enlist in the Navy, the Navy, you become property of the U.S. Navy, but they take care of you. They don't, it's not up to you to go figure out your lunch. They'll take care of you, Right? And so the Bible says, what soldier goes to war at his own expense? And so for my wife and I, there's a confidence knowing that we came out of business. God put us in the ministry. God called us. God's paying our bills. So even if it took Budweiser calling and saying, we'd like to make write out a $100,000 check to your ministry, even if there was no one to give, the Lord would provide. Even if it was a raven flying overhead that dropped a Rolex that I could sell for 20000 It doesn't, you know, the Lord will provide. Amen. The Lord has ways of doing it beyond whatever. Amen. 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 There was a time uh, last year 
where um, I, there's these things called NFTs, and they're uh, digital pictures, and it's digital artwork. So you may have heard of them. They were wildly unpopular. And, uh, and I found one. I got into it. My brother bought a few, and he told me about it. And I found this picture. My truck back in Tampa is a, a Jeep Gladiator. And I've got the, uh, on the window, I've got the decal of this purple pixelated brick that I bought and sold for an 8,000 US dollar profit, a picture of a brick, which you would have told me a month before that I would buy a brick, not an actual brick, a picture of a brick, and I would buy it and then three days later sell it and make $8,000, real money. Like, this isn't illegal. This is actually illegal. And, and I'm as surprised as some of the faces that are looking at me. What did you say? Yeah, exactly. I don't know what I said, but $8,000, that came out of it. The Lord has ways to get money to you that's beyond. The, if someone told me a week before, next week you're going you're gonna to buy a picture of a brick and sell it and make $8,000, I would have learned today. So I don't know. I'm not buying bricks anymore. I'm not making $8,000 on pictures anymore. But that month I did, and, and the Lord brought in $8,000 off a picture of a brick. So I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. The Lord has ways to do it beyond, right? That's the Lord. He's a provider. He has ways to do it. What soldier goes to war at his own expense? So he says, I desire fruit that abounds to your account. So you really choose how rich you're going to be towards God. So tonight when we give you an opportunity to sow, you're choosing to say, Lord, I want to be rich towards you, and I want to have fruit abounding towards my account. That's why Jesus spoke and said, lay not up for yourselves treasures on earth. Now, I'm not against you having things on the earth. I'm actually for you having things on the earth. I believe the Lord wants to bless you. As long as things don't have you, I'm, I'm for you having things. I'm for you having a nice vehicle. Especially when the weather's like this and the road's like this, you need to have a good vehicle. So, you, so you're not one of the cars that's in the ditch turned upside down because the thing, you know, the, the power steering goes in and out. You can't have that in a snowstorm. Amen. So I'm for, I'm for that. But he said, lay not up for yourselves treasures on earth. Don't let your focus be that all your treasures are here, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. And so when, with that, the way you do that is with your giving. So tonight you'll have an opportunity to sow into good ground. And, and I said this last night, but not all grounds are the same. That as you give and you give to souls and you give to the power of the Holy Ghost and you give to the anointing, I, I, the anointing, the gospel and the anointing is the number one thing that the world needs today. The world doesn't need a political transformation. The great awakening that they talk about of a political transformation, that's not what the world needs. Stuff isn't solved politically. The world needs a great awakening spiritually. The world needs the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. People need a heart change. As long as, the, as, long as people don't have a heart change, there'll be wicked people pushing for wicked things, wicked things, pushing an antichrist agenda, trying to make it that you could uh, abort a baby up to one year out of the womb. You know, where does it end? Yeah, uh, third trimester, first, first 10 minutes, first couple hours out of the womb. That's where we're at now. And if you think they'll stop there, Oh, no, you know, he's, this is where this will go. They'll, they'll push it to where if there's anything that can be deemed a mental deficiency that up till three years of age, you can take the life. It'll go there. Oh, he's a man. But then they'll say, oh, he's got ADD. That's a man. That parents will be able to just decide, well, time doesn't really matter if we could do it in the womb. It, it won't stop. 
The devil hates people, and he'll do whatever he can. You're not dealing with a political agenda. You're dealing with a demonic antichrist agenda. The devil, I was listening to someone preaching today, and he said the devil has poverty, and the devil has things that you couldn't even imagine. In the Bible, when, when the, when the, uh, the uh, Jerusalem was sieged, and this lady comes to the king and says, King, can you help me? And he says, how can I help you? He says, I went to my, my neighbor, and my neighbor said, let's cook your child and eat your child today. And then tomorrow we'll eat my child. And I said, okay. So we cooked my child. This is in the Bible. We cooked my child and ate my child. And then the next day when we came, she hid her child. Help me. That's, that's, that's the mind of the devil. That he get people in such a place and be so poor and be so desperate. They would, they would eat their own children. It won't stop. And so what, what you really have to decide is number one. I want to be in a place that I can see good go forward on this earth. And that, Lord, if you can bless me to the point where these things that are coming against this nation, this demonic, this wickedness that's uh, mounting itself against this nation, that we can push it back, that we can... How do we do that? By seeing the gospel preached, by seeing people saved. It's people that are in our homes. We can't have them trying to change... Children being able to change their genders at seven years old on, without their parents' permission. That's wicked. When people come in alignment with God, they'll see wickedness for what it is. And the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, the only thing that'll do it. So there's a debit and credit account that when you say, God, I'm going to be bountiful and generous towards you. And then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look. What is a debit and credit? A debit and credit is a give and take. So what does that mean? That means if you've been sowing, please hear me. If you've been sowing, you have an account in heaven that you can make a debit from. You can make deposits to, but you can make withdrawals from. Hallelujah. 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 So if you've been giving, that's good news. If you haven't been gooding, giving, then, then you could say, okay, I need, to start, I need to start making some deposits. I need to start making some deposits. But you know, you know the, the Lord wants to prosper you and bring you to a place where you're able to... I, I, know, I know the heart, especially of this church, but I know the heart of what God does in people when he touches them is it makes your heart generous. Man, if I had 100 grand, I would just give it. Man, if I had a million dollars, I would just give it. How much is owed on this place? If I had it, I would do it. That's the heart that God puts in people. You know, if, if all of a sudden you had $10 million, I'm sure you'd, you'd be like, well, how much, how much would it be just to pay that building off? How much would it be? Can we just, let's just do it. Because it's in you to bless. And so God wants to bless you that in your sowing, the way that you change levels is with your sowing. The way that you say, Lord, I may be giving $10, might be a stretch for me. But Lord, I want to change levels. Lord, I'd like to be giving, I'd like $1,000 to be the new normal. I'd like when a minister comes through town, I can easily write a $1,000 check. Lord, I'd like to be able to write a $10,000 check. Lord, can you bless me that I can just pay off the building? Can you just make it that I just do it? Lord, that I know other people want the blessing, but can you just do it that I'll just, Lord! You know, what was the purpose of people, Peter walking on the water? It didn't help anybody. No one got healed. He just wanted to. Hey, Jesus, 
in the middle of a storm. If that's you, I want to walk there. Okay, come. Why? I don't know. I didn't really think it through. I'd like to do it. Let's try it. Walks on the water. Didn't help anybody. Who did it help? It didn't, no one got healed. No one got healed. It didn't help anybody. It was no purpose. Yeah, come. Why? Why not? Come on. Lord, I'd like to pay it off. Why not? Why not? And so when you begin to see that giving is your opportunity to interact with this heavenly account. And for some people, there's going to be a decision that you'll make this week. I'm changing levels. I'm marking aside this week as a time to change levels. And I'm going to sow radically. I'm going to sow seed to change levels. Lord, I've been comfortable sowing $50, but I'm going to, I'm going to sow radically because I want to change levels. Lord, I've been comfortable sowing $100. I've been comfortable. And it's all with the level that you're at. If $5 is a stretch for you, then, then, then ask the Lord, Lord, what would you have me to give? And, and do something that you, you, it's according to where you're at. If you're sitting with $7 million in the bank, then $100, $100 is easy to give. I'm here. I don't want to sit and hang on to my nest egg and just see how long it'll last me. Lord, I want to move forward. Lord, I want you to, I want to be blessed. I want to take territory. Lord, I'd like to, I'd like to take Dickinson for the glory of God. You know, there's a way to reach 25,000 people and it's not actually that difficult, but it takes money. It takes money and it takes people who are willing to get around the vision. Amen. I see the River Church Dickinson being the most blessed church in all of Dickinson. Hallelujah. I see this church being debt free. I see this church being packed full of the power of the Holy Ghost. I see this place being a place of dominion. Hallelujah. I see millionaires in this place. I see millionaire business people in this place. Hallelujah. I see ministers being trained up in this place. I see people going out of here and, 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 and winning North Dakota and, and South Dakota and even into Canada and into Montana and Wyoming and, and, and all over this area being shaken from the ripple effects from this church coming and shaking Dickinson and, and the greater parts in Jesus' name. Let's keep reading here. He says, in verse 17, not that I seek or am eager for your gift, but I do seek and am eager for the fruit which increases to your credit, the harvest of blessing that is accumulating to your account. How many givers do we have in this place? Accumulating to your account. You know that when you give, when you give to the gospel, you not only sow seed, for treasure in heaven, but you sow seed for a harvest on the earth. I want you to begin to expect a harvest on the earth. I'll tell you for myself, there was a long time under this type of teaching where I was generous and I gave and the Lord blessed me, but I'd never engaged my faith actually to receive because it felt selfish. I want to tell you, it's unbiblical to sow a seed. It goes against the lot of land and you put in some mint and some thyme and some rosemary and some basil. You, you don't just leave it and never come back. Why? You come back to check your harvest. You come back because you expect something in return. There, there is a harvest of blessing that's accumulating to your account. There is a harvest of blessing that's accumulating to your account. There is a harvest of blessing. 
And I believe by the close of this year, by the end of 2022, there's a major harvest that's coming your way in Jesus' name. If you re- Verse 18, but I have, I have re- full payment and more that you sent me. They are the fragrant over- odor of an offering and sacrifices which God welcomes and in which he delights. And my God will liberally, everyone say liberally. My God will liberally supply, fill to the full your every need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. You know, so many people quote that verse, but it doesn't apply to everybody. That verse is attached to verse 18, which is now I have received and I am full. I've received your liberally generous gift and my God will supply, liberally supply your every need, bring you into abundance. Why is it that not everyone comes into abundance? Because not everyone gives abundantly. We read it last night. If you sow sparingly, you reap sparingly. If you sow bountifully. And I love this about the Bible. Because we know the tithe is our reasonable service. But anything beyond that, the 10% is our reasonable service. Anything beyond that. So if you make $4,000 a month, your tithe is $400 a month. Before taxes. You pay it off the top. And, and that goes to the local church. It doesn't go for your parents' vacation. That doesn't go to the SBCA. That doesn't go 2% to the church, 2% to this missionary, 2% to this, minute, this Kenneth Copeland on TV. It goes to the local church where you're fed the word of God. You can send offerings. I had a, the reason I covered this because I had a guy who got born again, and he came to me and said, Hey, parent, um, used to, the Bible talks about the tithe. I've been setting that money aside. I want to send my parents on vacation. Can I do that with my tithe? I said, well, that's not the tithe. The tithe goes, give to the tithes into the storehouse that maybe meet in my house. It goes to the local church. It's good that you honor your parents, but that's not your tithe. So you have to cover that because that's, people don't know from the word. It's 10% of everything that, you, that comes in pre-tax that goes to the local church. That wouldn't, that wouldn't be what you'd give in this offering. That would be what you'd give in tomorrow night's church offering, Wednesday night or a Sunday morning offering. Anything above that is up to you. It's as, as the Spirit leads, and there's nothing, there's nothing that says you need to give 8% offering, 16% offering. It's as you purpose in your heart. So there's no pressure. We don't come. You know there's ministers who travel, and then they say, this is actually what normally happens when someone travels. Uh, outside of river circles, normally what happens is, is someone either gets an honorarium where the pastor, before they come and the pastor says, hey, we're going to bless you with this amount for coming. And then the church pays the hotels and the church pays the expenses and the church pays everything. And that's normal. That's considered normal in the ministry. And then we're taught at the river, you pay your own way, pay for everything, and then just let the people give a love offering. If they want to give, give. If they don't love you, don't give. It's a love offering. If you love me, give. If you don't love me, don't give. No pressure. The Lord's my provider. And, I, and, I, and we honestly feel that way. We don't feel pressure. The Lord takes care of us. There's no pressure. For, for you and, and for us when we give places as well, it's an opportunity to move forward in this area. And it's an opportunity to be a part of the harvest of what God's doing. That we read on Sunday morning, that you become co-laborers in the truth. That whatever my wife and I do in the ministry when people get set free, that that comes to your account. 
That when people are saved, that comes to your account. When people are healed, that comes to your account. That when people are delivered, that comes to your account. When there's testimonies, that that comes to your account. So you have the opportunity to participate in that and say, that's something that I want to see amplified. That's a voice I want to see go further. And I'm giving to that in Jesus' name. And then it says, and my God will liberally supply, fill to the full your every need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And then I'm going to go back to verse 18. It says, they are, I've received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent me. They are the fragrant odor of an offering and sacrifice which God welcomes and which he delights. You know, it's interesting how God set this up, but that God looks at offerings and pays attention to offering. I mean, we have the story of Jesus who came with his disciples Kind of a little bit awkward if you think about it. Here they're bringing money to the treasury and Jesus just sits over by the treasury. It's not like now where people filled out a, a, an envelope and wrote the amount and then sealed it shut or put their dollar in. Like you basically dealt with coins and all cash. There was no credit card giving. So people came in with big bags. So it was kind of easy to see what people were giving. And he comes and stands and brings his disciples. Hey guys, come have a look at this. And just watches as people give. A little bit awkward. And like, you're going to stand there? And watches. Why? Because God's paying attention. He's paying attention to the attitude. And he's paying attention to the amounts. He's paying attention. Is it a liberal gift? And then the Bible says that it's pleasing to him. That giving is pleasing. Why is that? Because God loves you. And God loves the gospel. And this is an actual a easy measurement of your love for the things of God. And so when someone comes and, and preaches and, and the word of God is preached, it's a way for you to say, God, I love you and I'm proving it. You know, your CPA should be able to tell that you love God. Your CPA should be able to tell that you love God. When I was in business, we, when I was in business, we were, the Lord blessed the Lord blessed me, and I would you know I was in door to door sales, and my first year in door to door sales I was twenty, uh, I made sixty something thousand, um, sixty eight thousand dollars or something like that, you know I was like heavy set guy with long hair that I pulled back in a ponytail, and uh, the Lord blessed me, helped me, and then I went into a different sales, and the first year made another sixty something thousand, and then made 100,000, and the Lord, the Lord blessed me. But every year, I would just push it. I made it my goal to give more, to make more, but to give more than the year before, and I would push it. And I remember every time I'd get a new CPA, they would always look, and they would say, what's, um, what's Revival Ministries International? I said, that's my church. And they say, you gave, you gave like 25% of your income this year. And then I remember this one time, the lady looked. Because the one year I made like 250000 and I gave probably 25 or 30% of my income to, to the ministry. And she's like, this is, you gave like 30%. And then she looks at me and she says, you know, we can talk about an investment account and investments. And I said, these are my investments. <laughs> that is my investment account. That is my investment. I'm laying up treasure in heaven. There's going to be something there for me. And I'm sowing because I... I'm not satisfied. I'm thankful for where the Lord brought me from. 100,000 is great. 200,000 is great. But bless God, by the time we're all wrapped up here, 
I'm going to write million dollar checks like it's water. Hallelujah. I'm going, if it's available, I've decided I'm not going to hell. I'm not turning my back on the Lord. As much as I'm able to handle, the Lord's going to bless me with. And I believe that's going to be millions in Jesus' name. And if you'll decide that in your heart, Lord, if you can use me, anything that needs to change, change. But I'm moving forward in this area. And I'm not going to be embarrassed about it either. It's an area that you actually have to be willing to stand up for. Because people will criticize Oh, you, got, you believe in that prosperity. Oh, worse than you ever imagined. I, I, you, you, worse. You don't even know I'm believing, Lord, for a jet. You don't even know. Oh, it's, it's out of control at my house. Prosperity. I believe if you're an evangelist, a jet should come with the job. That's what I believe. That's what I think. I think every evangelist that's worth his own salt should have a jet just to fly him around so he can preach every night. And you can't do that flying flying. Uh, Commercial. Oh my gosh, you'd, you'd, you'd commit suicide after a short while if you tried. Wouldn't work. It's a misery walk going through those airports. Anyway, so, so it's an opportunity. And then the Bible says that it's a gift that the Lord welcomes and is pleasing to him. God looks and, 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 see, and sees what you, you do with your money. And so we're going to give you an opportunity to sow tonight. And I want to challenge you. Maybe this is an area that you've never challenged yourself before. And there's no pressure. This isn't, this isn't condemnation. This isn't, hey, you got to do something. There's no pressure. The Bible actually says don't give out of compulsion. You know, compulsion giving is like it's Christmas time. Ah, oh, I got to buy my nephew a gift. He's such a jerk. Last time he came over, he ruined that carpet. I should make him pay for, you know, I can't believe I have to get, that's compulsion. I really don't want to, but I have to do something, right? That's compulsion. That's not, that's like one of the rules that you don't give that way. So there's no compulsion. But if you say, Lord, I, I want you to see tonight that I love your kingdom and I want to sow into good ground. And I want you to see a physical proof of my love for you. Now's the time to do that. So I'm going to ask the uh, ushers to pass out the envelopes and we'll give you an opportunity to sow. You can make your checks payable to RMI. RMI, it's going gonna, it's gonna to funnel through Revival Ministries, so it's all tax deductible. So you're not writing out a check to us. You, you, it's tax deductible. It'll go through RMI, and then it'll come to my wife and I. And uh, obviously cash. And then on the envelope, if you pay attention to the envelope, there's two flaps. The top one is a partnership, which is a monthly. I think that's the red one. And then the blue one down below is the one-time gift. So pay attention to which one you're filling out. And um, you can partner with RMI if you'd like to as well. Great, great ministry. I think one of the best ministries on planet earth to be a partner with. But ask the Lord tonight. Just simply ask the Lord, Lord, what would you have me to give? There's no pressure. You'll never hear me get up and say, you know, tonight for your seed of $81, there's going to be a Psalm 81 anointing that's going to come on your life. I, we, won't, we don't do gimmicks like that because everyone's at a different place. So for some, to put $20, it might be, it might be the $20 that they need to, for, for food. But the Lord speaks to them, give 20. So if I got up and said 80, they can't do 80 or 81 because they don't have it. And then for some, if I said $81 and, 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 and they've got a business and they're a millionaire, $81 is a slap in the face of God to give $81 if you're at that level. So you ask the Lord, Lord, what would you have me to give? And then just be obedient to do. And remember when the Lord, remember this, the Lord doesn't ask you to give to diminish you. The Lord asks you to give because he wants to get something to you. The Lord doesn't need your money. The Lord will bring me another brick to sell if it's about paying bills. I'll just find another brick. I'll sell another brick for 8000 It doesn't matter. The Lord will figure out a way. Amen. This is you being able to participate 
and be a part of what's doing and then interact with that debit and credit, credit account so that when you say, Lord, I'm believing you for big things. My wife, a new car. Lord, to do this, that there's a debit and credit account that you can place a withdrawal on. Lord, I'm a giver. I'm a sower of seed. I've sown. And so I'm thanking you. I'm asking you for this. That's what that's for. There has to be something in the account to make a withdrawal. The good news, it isn't one for one. So if you look back and you say, I've given uh, uh, $1,400 this year, it doesn't mean you only have $1,400. It's, the, it's, it's multiplied. Amen. Aren't you happy you got an account in heaven you can make a withdrawal on? Start making some withdrawals, even if it's in the area of seed. You know, you can ask the Lord for seed, maybe like what I talked about. Lord, I ask you for seed. Lord, would you bring me uh, $250 to sow? Start with where you've never done before. If you've never given the Lord $100, Lord, would you bring me an extra $100 to give in the offering this week? Watch what the Lord does. Ask him. Lord, would you give me an extra $500 to give in the offering this week? Watch what he does. Maybe you've never given $1,000. Lord, would you give me an extra $1,000 to give in the offering? Ask him. Lord, would you, would you give me an extra ten grand to give to the River Church Dickinson this year? Would you bring in, could you bring in an extra ten grand? He can do it. He gives seed to sow and bread to eat. I believe the Lord likes those type of requests. Lord, I've never given $10,000 an offering. I'd like to give a $10,000 check to the River Church at Dickinson. Amen. How many would be okay with, by the, before this year is out, giving the biggest check you've ever given to the ministry to the River Church at Dickinson? Yeah, I, I think, I, yeah, amen. Start asking. Start making withdrawals. The Lord loves that stuff. Amen. Well, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for your anointing, and thank you for, for your provision. Thank you that you're the God of more than enough. Lord, I want to say thank you for every person that's given so far and everyone's giving tonight, people giving sacrificially. Thank you for blessing them 30, 60, and 100-fold. Lord, you, t you said to me that people that blessed us would be blessed. So I thank you for a supernatural financial blessing on every person that's given that has given, and that's giving tonight. In Jesus' name. Lord, that, 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 these, that this week would be a week of multiplication and increase. Surprises on all sides financially. Good things. And Lord, that these last two months would be the best two months financially that they've ever had these last two months of the year. In Jesus' month and a half. In Jesus' name. And if you receive it, give the Lord an amen tonight. Amen. Ushers, you can pass the, uh, pass the, or bring the buckets down to the front. And then you can go ahead and give. Well, let's play that song, if we could. You may, it's the first track. This is from um, Octavia down at the river, and it's called You Make Me Rich. It's a great song. You make me rich, you've given me your blessing. It's track number one on that album. Hallelujah. And then as you go back to... Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My wife wanted me to um, tell you, you, you can move forward. And you know, I want to tell you, it doesn't matter what it looks like in the natural. And this is just to testify of God's goodness. But since coming into the ministry, we, we took a major pay cut coming to the ministry. Our last year in business, and I just say this to the glory of God because I was homeschooled. I went to, I, I, I finished high school at 16 and then went to Bible school, got a three-year degree in theology 
and then went into sales. And the Lord blessed us. My final year in sales, we made 350,000. That was 2018. 350,000 that year. That was the blessing of the Lord. If you knew my brother and I and our personalities before that, long hair, video games. I, and there was a time I was playing like eight hours a day of World of Warcraft. We, I, you wouldn't have looked and be like, these are the, the salesmen of the future who are going to make. My brother's a, a millionaire now from sales. So I, he, he, we, weren't, we weren't the usual suspects that we were expecting. It was, the, it was the blessing of the Lord because of this principle and being generous to the Lord. And then at time, but being one-time gifts, I really started extending my faith that when we came into the ministry, and we took a, ma- and I can't tell you how much, but we took a major pay cut to, to, come, into the, to come into the ministry. And, um, and which is fine, because even if they didn't pay us a salary, we would have done it anyway, because the Lord wanted us to do it, and the Lord pays our bills. So the Lord, the Lord figures it out. But since we've been in the ministry, the Lord allowed us to give uh, last year, our biggest one-time gift that we've ever given. Bigger than when we were in, we believed in the money and gave it. And then this year allowed us again to, to, to almost triple our biggest one-time gift this year. So, so this year, this year, the Lord allowed us to give our, our biggest one-time gift by is like 2.5 times what it was last year, which was our biggest one-time gift, and it doesn't even make it doesn't even make sense. And I'm I'm we're doing that because we're contending that I mean every year it would be more because the path of the just is a shining light, and it's it's to the point where it's so ridiculous that it doesn't matter what the numbers are because he's done it before. So. I'm just saying, if you'll work the word, but I want to encourage you, your faith needs to come alive to receive. It's unbiblical to sow, and you'll see some, you'll see harvest, but when your faith gets engaged for you to receive, you, and, we'll spend, and that's why we're going to take a night and, and deal with this, because you have to know that the Lord actually wants to bless you. And that the Lord, if you won't turn your back on him and you'll put the kingdom of God first and you'll be generous, the Lord actually wants you rich. So I know we have people in here that work hard and you make decent money. And maybe even some make good money. But the Lord actually would like you rich. Like that's God's plan for your life is you to be rich. Well, what is rich? I don't know. You tell me. What is rich? What is rich? It's different in different countries. I would say 100000 a year is not rich now, especially with inflation. I would say 200000 is not rich. I would not. I wouldn't say. I mean, two fifty is doing decent. Depends on how many kids you have, right? So rich is if you have nine children, two hundred thousand is not rich. <laughs> it depends. So there needs to come an engagement in your heart, Lord. I thank you that because I serve you, I'm not selfish. I love you. I want to please you. The more you increase me, it's the joy of my life to give, and that's why giving has to start where you're at. Even if you have very little. Because if you're not giving, you won't give as the Lord increases you. If it's always, I'll give when the Lord increases me, you won't. Because the tendency is, as the amounts get bigger, to draw back. I found that for myself. And so the more I've noticed that, the more I've had to push in the other direction. So that's the hand of the Lord. That's the hand of the Lord. And the Lord will continue to do that. So we want to, we want to, we want to, 
for us, the biggest thing is that we can be a blessing to you, that we can be a blessing to your pastors and be encouragement to you. But this week, we're really believing. Tomorrow, we're going to lay hands on everybody, so please bring people, people that need a breakthrough, people that need a touch, people that need deliverance. Um, we're believing for breakthrough for you guys in every area. Amen. Amen. Physically, we've seen some of that, uh, but financially as well in every area that you'll look back and say, this week, I don't know what happened, but God just flipped everything around for good. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Lift your hands all over this place. Lord, I thank you for your anointing. Thank you for your mighty power. Thank you for your word. Thank you, Father, as people go from here, that they go refreshed, go encouraged, and you bring them back safe. Lord, draw people tomorrow that this place would be packed tomorrow. In Jesus' mighty name. Lord, take all the glory for everything you've done tonight and this week. We love you and honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Is, are, are, I assume you guys are just passing through. Okay, I prayed for the two of you. All right, we, we love you. Thank you for coming. Thank you for stopping from Virginia on your way. For everyone else, we love you. We'll see you tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. Please invite somebody. If you know anyone that's depressed in need of joy, anyone who's uh, oppressed, bring people. Bring five. Post on Facebook. They saw it on Facebook. Do something. Let's get this place packed out by the end of the week, okay? We love you. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless you.